The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. Oh. I can't. I'm so glad we're starting with that sound. Tom, <laughs> is your gargle? Are you? I mean, are you yeah, ready? I'm getting my throat ready for the podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. Travis, you ready? Yep. I got to get my beer ready. All right. Was the, was the attempt Ooh, to that to open it near the mic to like make a satisfying sound? No, I had to bring it up to my hand because I didn't want to open it on my crotch. That would have hurt. I had to bring it up because I'm sitting down here for like 15 minutes. (laughs) We were having a pre-meeting. I wasn't going to drink during the meeting. Why would I I drink during the meeting? Yeah. It's not professional. Celebrating the podcast. Yeah. You drink during the podcast. Let's celebrate the intro. Were you recording now? What? Were we recording the whole time? We are three guys who like to talk So we came up with a cloud We're Joel and Travis down with talk All right, Travis, I see you put your hand up. Yes, we were recording that whole time. <laughs> oh, now I'm aware. Thank you. You didn't There's, say action, <laughs> but I appreciate look it. In the, I said, all right, we're going to start. And then look in your upper left corner and you see where it's I flashing. I wasn't listening. Here. I was getting my beer ready. <laughs> Anyways, right. big shout out to Matt and Dave. They didn't get a shout out last podcast, so I am taking over. I see Tom's face. He's like, what? What's going on? But big shout out to them because I told them they would get a shout out next podcast. Oh, oh. There we go. Why? Thanks, I Matt ha- and Dave. I handle my business, Joel. I That's what I do. Last time, I don't. I don't really want to know what they did to deserve the shout out. I'm a little, a little worried at this point. But yeah, good for Maybe you guys. You should know. Maybe, yeah, you should know. What, what do you I think know? they did? What, what do you I think? They I'm did, not going to go down that route. Just guess. Well, <laughs> take one guess. No, not with you. Nope. <laughs> what was that nope. supposed to be? What do you mean, <laughs> not with me? I'm nope. not turning tricks um, on the side. Uh, what, are you, what are we talking about here? <laughs> I don't know. You gave him a high five or something. I don't know. But, okay, that, that's fair. All right, shout um, out. There we go. Big, for real, though, we do actually have some shout outs just in a general sense. So for one, Patreon, apparently it's working. People are joining. Thank you so much for the support. <laughs> Think, is that? Oh, that's now right. he's acting surprised. No, what? that's what we were thanking them for. But there's more than just two people well, that have I done know. Patreon. Are we, we going to listen to all that? Sure. We can't like literally spend every single podcast thinking each individual. We would <laughs> yeah, never get you, around to I mean, it. We you could. just gave two. You yeah, just I gave two. two. Oh, and okay. I'll do two more next week. So there oh, we go. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's fine. Right. Yeah. So apparently, okay. Feel free to I join our Patreon. I still love the rest of you. I still <laughs> love the rest of you. We, <laughs> just, we have to be realistic about this. We can't do like Joel and sit here for an hour listing off every name. No, patreon.com. Triple underscore drain. Feel free to join. Apparently, we're going to do two every episode. Apparently, is the way that Travis is going to handle this. But no, thank you to all the people that are supporting us there. That is incredibly kind. I mean, we don't deserve it, but thank you very much for that. And mm-hmm. also, thank you. People are buying merch. So Jackson Gee made an awesome shirt. Travis has a hoodie with one now. Um, I just ordered a hat. We don't have those up yet. We're waiting to see how those look. And then Tom's going to order something else after we that. We have merch. So, I did get his artwork, merch. too. I got oh, his yeah. artwork in. Yeah, it is badass. I Check can't, him out. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. Yeah. Highly Jackson, recommend it. JacksonGee.com. Check him out. Has some really cool artwork. He designed a really cool shirt for us and a new logo. So our, all that stuff's on Silverball Swag. Check that out. But uh, yeah, we've we've actually sold merch. It's really exciting. I'm I'm very excited. So um, thank you imagine to everybody. Imagine selling merch. Imagine selling. I know. It's a weird feeling. Yeah. Imagine um, starting the podcast and talking about pinball. 
just you you started with shout outs and i continued the shout outs no 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 no. i started not knowing we were recording and i was getting my beer ready and i wasn't aware our conversation was for everybody i thought Mm. we were still in pre-production of course our conversation is for everybody that's what the that's what the podcast is okay i love you tom i love you too travis (laughs) Thank you, Tom. <laughs> okay, so um, we actually got a lot. We got a lot to cover, so we're going to try our best to get through it all, but also, I don't know, elaborate as much as we can. So we're going to go back a few weeks. Super Series, Super Series, which is essentially the Super Bowl, it seems like, of pinball. It's, what, four days, six tournaments? I mean, it's an insane thing that happens at District 82. Tom, not only are you playing in it, you're streaming the whole thing. I know Travis was there. Um, and what's really cool is it's six individual tournaments and the way, the way you score, the way you rank in each tournament, that point value. So first place gets hundred points that, that point value carries through and it, you, you add it all up, you add it all up at the end. And that's, so you have six individual winners and then you have this, the grand champion. I don't know if you have a name. That for would it. be a possible 600 points, 600 points. Yes. So you have the number one person when you add it all up and that that's the big guy. And, um, uh, spoiler alert, Carl D'Angelo just crushed it. <laughs> Carl D'Angelo, I kept checking in. I was on vacation that or that week, and I just kept pulling up my phone looking at it, and it was just he, I don't know. I like do you I don't know if you guys know this off the top of your head, but so Carl D'Angelo, I eat pinball, but like I think no, the lowest who's, rank who's he Carl. Got, we don't know him. <laughs> well, no, what the lowest, like the lowest he scored on one tournament. I mean, he was getting 80 plus points. In every tournament, maybe 90, 90 plus. Yeah, 90, 90 plus. Joel. So he was top 10 all six tournaments. That Just is correct. Crushed it. Yeah, he got bored one of the tournaments, I think, got eighth or something like that. That's, so, <laughs> I mean, if, if you guys like watching high end competitive pinball or high end skilled streaming, check out IE Pinball on Twitch. He does these wizard mode challenges. I mean, Carl is like, he's on a different planet. So, this is me just watching. And checking in, I'm like, yep, Carl's still crushing it. Um, you guys were there. I mean, what <laughs> how was it for you guys? How was how was that whole experience? Which part? Super series or getting our ass kicked by Carl? <laughs> if that's you know your only memory of it, then sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun, Joel. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Did no, you do I well? Was... I mean, were you were you pleased at all with your performance, Travis? Was Monica proud of you? Yeah, she was pretty proud of me. I mean, I, my most fun time was after, what was it? The, um, the strikes tournament. The, that's uh, four strikes on a Saturday night. So that's like the party tournament. So we always like set up just a little beer area outside in the parking lot. And we all gather around there and we all have our drinks and come back in. So I was very thankful that people like Carl were playing long games and everything. Because that gave plenty of time for us between games. So yeah. Uh. That's like, yeah, just hanging out with the friends and all that. That's what I enjoy about it. I mean, Super Series is great. It, it's a lot of fun because it's competitive. You're playing pinball the whole time. You're playing against world-class people. But then at the same time, you're seeing people that you might not see all the time. Of course, there's, you know, Tom can allude to this, that there's plenty of people we see out and about. But then there's sometimes just certain people you don't see until right around that time. You only see them like once or twice a year. So it's it's nice. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was definitely jealous watching, like, that's one of those, even though I'm not a competitive player, just the people that are there and the overall atmosphere that I was watching. It's like, I think it would be fun to go just to be there. Like, I bet it's a good time. And Tom, I mean, this is on your home turf. This is District 82. You know this place well. 
You obviously ran the whole stream. I know we triple drain. We were supposed to record a podcast. Yeah, we were supposed to record a. (laughs) We were supposed to record a podcast after it, and I don't think Tom, you like slept in like four or five days, so you you tapped out. I get pretty crabby as the tournaments go on, but honestly, I wasn't as crabby this time around. Oh, Travis agrees. In a good mood, but that was that was because Rachel took over a lot of the announcing which would cert- certainly helps and there's a lot of people helping out so yeah Tom was in a great mood he only tried to quit pinball twice that weekend so he <laughs> no, was yeah, he's pretty stellar I, it wasn't that much was he, it due to play or was it due to streaming usually play usually play okay uh, he has but a, he's modest well. but he has a lot going on when you're doing td oh, yeah. you're playing you're streaming and you're watching your son play like oh, yeah. that's that's a lot going was, on. There was one point where I got two stuck ball. I was waiting to play my ball. I got two stuck balls just on Stingray alone. <laughs> TD, maybe I mean maybe next year, maybe not TD or something. You know, like just give yourself a little mm, little break. I mean, I could do that, but then things slow down oh. for for the you know the play, and I don't want that. I get you. But yeah, it was quite enjoyable to watch. Um, I would just, I don't know. Anybody that's into competitive pinball probably at le- at this point knows about Super Series. Mark it on your calendar for next year. I mean, they haven't said it yet, but it's normally sometime early October, right? And uh, it just seems like an incredible event. It's so much in, in such a short period of time. And um, there's a lot of people that make it out to it. And uh, it's streamed well. It's great to watch. So I don't know. Big pat on the back, Tom, for Thank being a part you. of that and doing all the streaming and TDing and all that. And uh, yeah, Travis, Thanks. way to be there. Thank you. I, <laughs> I worked hard what's really, driving there. What's yeah. really amazing is Eric Thorne because he's, oh, yeah. he's TDing, he's fixing games. I mean, I mean, I do the stream, but he's got a lot more going on. And, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah. It's I mean, a whirlwind. Just, yeah. Just him putting on the whole show is pretty amazing. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it's it's clear anybody that that owns that many games or operates that many games in such a big facility, I mean, there's it's a huge labor of love. There's no denying that. And uh I don't know, it's awesome. It's awesome for us to just I mean, I'm just sitting there watching it and enjoying every bit of it and a high quality play. High quality play too. So, very very cool. But yeah, we you guys did super series and then I know I was on a business trip and we were going to record and it didn't happen. And then I was actually in, yeah, I went to the office in Ohio for the first time since COVID. It was insane, but it was a complete waste of time, by the way, going in. We went, I went in for a, a meeting. All the managers went in for a meeting, um, situational leadership training and the training was delivered via webinar. So we all sat in a room and watched a webinar. It was great. It was such a great use of travel. That, who, that uh, sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, who situationally leadered that up? Well, the, the guy that delivered it apparently last minute couldn't make it. So I, whatever. <laughs> he just, just like scheduled it. Yeah. So here he's we all like, are in Ohio. This is all you in Chicago. Yeah. It was <laughs> the, the most rewarding part of it was just team dinners at night. And we hey, went to Top Golf one night. That's a mark I, of a great leader right there. Just making all you guys hate his ass. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, we were going to record. It didn't happen. I ended up recording a side episode, kind of a pre-expo episode uh, with Josh from Loser Kid, which was a good time. And then expo happened, which I also happened to miss. 
Um, we'll just go ahead. We'll just go ahead and get just straight into Expo. Expo great experiences. Idea. Let's do it. Yeah, I know. Once again, Tom, you stream the thing, so maybe let's dive into that for a second. Was streaming better this year? Worse this year? How'd the uh, tournament defi- go? Definitely better. Okay. Uh, I had some technical issues the year before, but very few and far between this year, which was nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, the streaming went well. My uh, my play wasn't too good. <laughs> And I did retire from pinball at least six times as oh, Travis okay. is nodding. Yes. We threw him a party mm. here on Saturday for a little while. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But he yep. keeps he keeps coming back. I don't I was he's like I the was, Tom Brady of pinball. <laughs> I was a I was pretty exhausted um by by Sunday. Yeah. I uh I ended up streaming the women's tournament um uh, on uh Saturday night. And because I didn't do it the year before, I felt bad. And I was just wiped out. You were just beat, yeah. It didn't get over to like 2. And yeah. by the time you get to bed, it's 2.30. And yeah. but It was uh, a long time, Joel. I yeah. know. I, well, and li- Literally, we got done playing and we went to the main area. We got drinks. We played. We hung out for like two and a half, three hours. We're deciding whether or not to hang out some more or go back to our hotel room. So we walk back by the tournament area and we can still hear, still hear voices. So we're like, oh, people are still hanging out. We peek in there. They're still playing. I guess the <laughs> women's pin golf tournament is like two in the morning yeah. and Tom's just standing over there just like a zombie just watching. And I'm like, oh, poor Tom. <laughs> well, yeah. and, you know, he's thanks. a trooper, though. Yeah, Stephen and Stephen Bowden and Jeff Teolis did some announcing, which was Good. great. Yeah, they're great. Uh, yeah, I mean, staying up and then Stephen, I I felt bad because he ended up he ended up winning classics the next day, but I was just so exhausted. I'm like, I I cannot, I I, I got to you know, I yeah. I couldn't do it. And then Neil ended up taking third place too. That's so awesome. I wish I wish I would have streamed it, but unfortunately, my my uh, my body and my mind couldn't do it anymore. Hey, that's that happens. All I can say is, if anybody listening watches these streams, it doesn't matter whether it's Tom or somebody else streaming it. You know, throw them some bits or sub to the channel or something, because I mean, this is some this is work. Streaming is work. There's no denying that. And um, I don't know. It's it's awesome. It's awesome that that we have this type of or this high quality you know pinball play that we can watch. Just tune in whenever we want. It's 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 fantastic. I really like the expo tournament too because it's just it's it's really different than anything else. I mean, you do the the limited qualifying, but then it's head to head. Yeah. Um. It just it just takes a long time. That's the only problem. And I heard that it was all stock sterns. Like every every game was like easy not easy but it was just they didn't try to make the games hard so a lot well of they did long ball we times. did towards the end it was basically brian die josh sharp and myself just starting to like okay we we need to get this moving and we got uh, basically uh talked to the event organizers and tds and then then things went faster <laughs> so did you move some posts or what'd you do yeah, removed some post rubbers. Josh went in and basically deleted all ball saves on everything <laughs> known to man. Yep. Multi balls, you know, you there name you it, it was gone. Nice. Yeah. That's what I've been told that there are some games, some head to head games where 
especially on like Godzilla and some of these other new modern ones that just people just blew it up. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, there yeah. were, and yeah, Travis is nodding his head. I mean, there were some games that just went crazy long. Uh, Escher and Dalton and Godzilla and then Star Wars. And um, as Travis knows, uh, Jared was destroying Led Zeppelin. Like it was just, uh, oh, and and Mando. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about Mando. Um, there, there, there's a, there's a fix coming for Mando, I hear, but, uh, sorry, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Andy Bagwell. Oh, but, you were telling me about this. So it's, it's basically, there's essentially an unlimited multi-ball kind yeah. of exploit. Yeah. I'll let Travis explain that because he was a master at it. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole thing. So I had a Mando for a little while and it's something that I knew that was there. There's actually still one more exploit that I'm not sure is there or not because I haven't played it in a while, but I knew it was there. It's at the end of Encounters. So if you're listening to this and they haven't updated Mando yet, if you play Encounters and you get all the way to the wizard mode for it, you have basically unlimited Attaball up top in the mini play field. So this is a lot easier to do on the pro than it is the premium or LE, since obviously that playfield moves around at different angles and everything. But on the pro, it's static because it's level with the playfield. So you just use all five targets up there. You hit them all, and that adds a ball. And you can so just do that in perpetuity. Targets. Or six targets, sorry. Yep. That's okay. And does, that, does the mode end or the wizard mode end when you get down to one ball? Nope. So as soon as, as you get down long- to one ball, you just prioritize that and you're back in multi-ball. Yep. You, well, that's the priority the entire time. The key is, is that you don't go through all the phases and in the mode. You just stay in the mode in perpetuity, keep adding balls and the score just eventually just keeps going up higher and higher and higher. So wow, I, I knew that was there ahead of time. And then I know Jared August, he knew about it too. Cause in qualifying, he blew up Mando and he, I, I think, because we were talking about it, and I think, I'm not sure if he told some other people, but other people start figuring it out either way. I mean, you figure something out on the pin. I mean, it, it'll spread around pretty quick if somebody's watching. So yeah. it was just as soon as I got on Mando and I saw it was, I was down by like 800 or 900 million or whatever it was going into ball two, I knew that, okay, I'm just going to have to chop a lot of wood. And about 45 minutes later, the oh, wow. wood had been chop, chopped. So. Yeah, that's why people watch me stream so they can find the exploits on how to, you know, blow up games. Clearly, <laughs> it was, I will say, it was not fun to do. I mean, I enjoy playing pinball, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, if you're at a Stern Pro Circuit tournament, you paid your money. There's a brand new pin on the line. There's circuit points. There's prize money. Yeah, it's like, time to win. You, yeah, you got to do what you got to do to win. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It's not yeah. something I would do in my own game room, but. It's, you know, a large part of it. And of course, we'll talk about this a little bit later. A large part of pinball at that level is knowing the rules and knowing how to use them to your advantage. That's within the rules of IFPA. Sure. All right. Well, bear with me here on this transition because it it works. But just sticking within the um, sticking within the like tournament talk. Do you want to talk about who won Expo or do you just want to you want to ignore that? Just go watch the stream. (laughs) Son of a gun. Well, being that Travis's camera's <laughs> off, Tom, who did win Expo? Uh, let me think. Uh, oh, yeah. Zach McCarthy. Nice. And what was somebody wrote something on Facebook? Uh, what was it? Carl. Did Carl have the top score in every game? 
going into uh, qualifying. He did for qualifying. For like <laughs> four of them. Yeah, it was four ridiculous. Of them, yeah. He qualified yeah, was... in nine plays. I think, oh. Or no, in 12 plays. So you got you you had good. 15 total <laughs> and 12 count and Carl's like okay I'll just do 12 and I'm good and he got yeah <laughs> and he had top scores overall. in most of them yeah it was ridiculous it's, it's insane that guy's really good at pinball yeah Slightly, he's also just but, a genuinely nice guy it's great but yeah, yeah he Carl, tried to defend all of our honor yes. all of us like senior division players he tried oh. he he snuck into the top four so that's good so you're talking about oh you're talking about how all the top ranked players right now are like under 25 well typically at expo it's the younger kids that yep. win it because it's tough it's basically in order to really do well in expo you have to know the rules because the games play pretty easy out of box just like we alluded to before so you're going to automatically get deep into these games well if you're going to get deep into the games it's going to be a marathon but you got to know how to navigate it in order to not waste your flips in order to be efficient so that's really what it boils down to because the tournament lasts all weekend. And even though you're playing heads up, you're waiting around a lot or you're playing these marathon balls or marathon games to where you might be playing a game with somebody in which they get a billion points and you got to turn around and do the same thing. Yeah. And so ultimately it makes it really difficult because you know stepping up, you pretty much got to get to the wizard mode or somewhere close to it nearly every single game, no matter what it is. Like I played uh, Zach McCarthy in the winner's bracket uh, on Saturday. I'm and, sorry. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and he put up something like 1.4 billion on Jurassic Park. I had nearly a billion on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on Ball One, and I still lost by over four billion because he, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like what can you do? You know, right. even even playing Deadpool on him, I I had like 600 or 700 million, and that still did not feel safe because he could just, I mean, anybody there at that level could pretty much blow up a game. Anybody there. So are you are you saying the young the young bucks they just they have the stamina and know the rules better than the old farts? Is that what I'm hearing? Mm, I mean, I would say what helps them a lot. I mean, it, it is a rules thing, but just like we're going to talk about a little bit later, they they're still very skillful yeah. with their flipper skills, with nudging, with their accuracy, with their ability to recover. I mean, they have all the intangibles when it comes to that and the reflexes. I mean, let's. Let's face facts here. If you're 20, most likely your reflexes are going to be a little bit faster than if you're 40 or 45. That's just biology, unfortunately. You know, so and yeah. then you add in that we get into, you know, the liquid courage and the fire water a little bit. That that slows down the <laughs> reflexes a little bit as well. So, gotcha. you know, we just we just got to get some of them over the hump above 21 and maybe we can level the playing field a got little it. bit. So you just need everybody to start <laughs> drinking a little bit. I see. Yeah, it would probably help. Yes. Jeez. Okay. I mean, you could stop drinking. That is an option, right? Maybe maybe I got to start drinking. How is that is even that... an option, Joel? What what are we talking about right now? Does Carl drink? No, that's probably why he See, took fourth. Every, I think or we third. Ever, he took I think third. We're yeah. It's a very clear, you know. I mean, hey, I got, you know. so if you look at the top 10, I think some of it was people over 30, like mm. Carlos. He's over 30, right? Yeah. Andy Rosa, Trent. Uh, is Andy Bagwell? Is he? He's above thirty, right? I think so. So there's and still then, hope for you, is what. I'm and thinking. then me, I, I took fifth. Joel, I was that's there. Good, yeah, good. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Joel. I appreciate. So if you would have, Carl. So that's six. If you wouldn't have drank your half a beer, maybe we got fourth. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> there was, was no way no. more than half a beer. <laughs> no, I had to play. I had to play like Zach and Jared, and no. at that point, like 
this is going to sound like such an old person saying, but this is the truth. And I hate even saying this because I know I'm going to get made fun of. My arthritis in my no. left hand was just so bad no. that I could I could barely flip anymore. No, when I was playing Godzilla Joel, it literally just started flaring up so bad that I had to just trap up and just sit there for like 30 seconds oh, just man. shaking my hand. That's what happens. You play that long. It's just pinjuries. What can you do? Pinger, God, that, that no. can't be a thing. Pinjuries. You know what? I know you're new to this competitive thing, but it's a real thing, Joel. <laughs> okay. It's a all real right, thing. All right. You start That's hurting. Fine. You start getting sore. I yeah, sure. Sorry. Do you not get sore you. playing pinball ever? I mean, yeah, I stream. I had to get a I, you know two hours of playing straight. Two I mean, hours. I, two whole hours. <laughs> <laughs> two <Wow>. hours. <laughs> two hours. I used to I used to be standing on a concrete floor. Luckily now the basement's finished with carpet. I got my pin mat, but used my feet used to get sore, and I had bad form, so I'd lean on the game, so it was hurting okay. my wrists. So so you use a mat which I'm not going to diss on because it's a great mat, yeah, but yeah. you use a mat for uh -huh. your feet yeah. because you stream sometimes for two hours. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from bringing a mat to a tournament. And no, I probably should. I even told you that when you I was trying should. it out. Yeah. I probably should have taken it to Expo. But what I'm pointing out is, is when you get to like the 10th, the 12th to 16th hour in the day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then and you don't have a pin mat. Yeah. You know, it hurts. And we don't have metal flippers either to help us through okay. the day. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> Well, we'll just use it as a transition, but I'm not the one complaining about my pinjuries, okay? So you... you, you it's you not are. an excuse. I would have got yeah, my yeah. ass kicked without it. I mean, right. the fact is, my best cannot compete with Jared's best or Zach McCarthy's best. I get it. I I'll say that right now. I but it, it can compete with Joel's best, so I, I got that <laughs> yeah. going for me. Definitely. Um, you said it, not me. Metal flippers. So metal flippers, Here's a. we're just going to talk about this real quick. People are rolling their eyes, and other people are tuning in. They're They're perking up so metal flippers yes there are there's a relatively new thing it's the precision precision flip flipper system uh a guy named john made him he's an aeronautical engineer the dude's super nice i don't know. long story short i got a set of them i put them in my game i really like them i really like them um people are wondering but the the discussion around them is people are looking at them like a training wheel or like a crutch so why do i like them I put them in turtles. One of my issues with turtles was backhanding left ramp. My flippers just didn't quite feel like they had enough power to do those. I put in the new, the metal bushings, which makes the flippers more consistent. I put in the more, the metal flippers. They just seem to have more power. So now I can control the ball more accurately. The bounces are more consistent and I can hit the ramps consistently because they feel more powerful when I wasn't doing that before. So to me, turtles, I am so far from Cowabunga. But now that I have these flippers, I feel that I can get farther or play better. I can play better in the game. Travis, you have tried them. I also have them on Deadpool. You have tried them. And I remember asking you, do you think these this has made the game easier? And your answer was, I think you said they feel different, I think was your answer at the time. Yes. And he's, yes. Oh, oh, I, I, sorry, I thought it was a rhetorical question. Well, nodding your head doesn't work well on a podcast. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I was yeah. in the middle of drinking yes. my beer. I was like, yeah, talk. Yeah. Yes, it, it feels well, they feel different, but I think overall it does make the games easier just mm -hmm. because I think the bounces, it doesn't bounce around as much because there's not as much give, I guess. Sure. I, I really don't know how to explain that part, but at the same time, it makes all the shots in the game very accessible, just like Joel alluded yeah. to earlier. So you're able to backhand certain shots. 
There's some games I don't necessarily like it on. Like we have a Godzilla that's about 30 minutes away from here on location with them. And I can't find the loop at all, but huh. hot damn, I can crush the right ramp with the upper flipper. Like nobody's business. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, huh. that totally changes things, which it's, hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I don't like that. It does that because they have a metal flipper on the upper flipper also, but you know, certain games, I like it better. Like Deadpool. I yeah. really enjoyed using metal flippers on that just because it made the schnick shot actually go every single time. So that was enjoyable. Um, Turtles, yep. it did make that game a little bit more enjoyable just because it did make the left ramp a little bit easier to hit. So, yeah, I, I think that there's a place for them at people's homes. I'm curious to see if somebody does put this in a high level tournament, what would happen? I, I so, think that if you're going to do that, make sure you have the ball saves off. Yeah, Chuck Wirt is has yeah. already said he's gonna the apparently the Godzilla at Pincinnati will have these metal flippers. Oh is, man. he's already said that. Yeah. It it does not make it play more difficult. I'm telling well, you. It it makes it play it, it'll make it play a long time unless they just bastardize that pin everywhere so else. Deadpool, I actually turned down the flipper power. Like I put these in and I actually turned down the flipper power. So I still feel the reason that they feel more consistent is the tolerances and the bushing, the metal bushing are way le like it, there's almost no slack. If you just grab the, fl the flipper and try to move it side to side, there's no wobble. And you get that with the nylon bushings. But I don't know. Long story short, they had them at Expo. There was a Deadpool there that had them. So watch reading the pin side thread. There are a lot of people that were impressed by that. They like the way they feel and they're selling really well. So my overall view is they look great. I like the way they look, but I also, for me, a home player, they like, they've almost like given me more. The guys in chat are having a great time. So, uh, <laughs> Tom just wrote, Joel has a big butt. I'll sure. Thanks, Tom. Um, so turtles, like it, it may, has made the game more fun for me. Like turtles is a hard game. Now being that they're more powerful, the ball actually seems to be moving a lot faster. So when I brick, that ball is coming right back at me. And so it, it kind of handicaps itself at the same time. But w the reason I wanted to bring this up and the reason I'm kind of looping this into tournament talk is um, there are people on pin side that are like, well, I, I'm hesitant to put them in my game because I don't want my game to feel super easy at home. And then I go on location or I go to play in a tournament. And now all of a sudden the game feels totally different than what I have at home. And my thought behind that is people change rubbers all the time. People add pin stadiums to their game. People add other things to their game that aren't on location. So your lighting is going to be different. The steepness of the game is going to be different. They may move posts. They're going to have different rubbers. Like the game's going to be different. So my vote is make the game whatever you want it to be at home. Make sure you're having a good time. If adding something to the game means you're getting to the wizard mode every single time, maybe take it off or make it a little easier. But until that happens, like make, make your games fun. Just make sure you're having fun with pinball. Um, I don't know. These guys, I just, I got, yeah, short discussion. Apparently this discussion was a little too long. Uh, no, you're doing that. great. But We're that complimenting my, you in chat. Yes. That was my thought though. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I know there's some people that are like, I only want to have stock games because they want to keep their games or like Chuck word. I remember him saying in the TPN discord, he makes his games brutally hard at home. So the idea there is if it's brutal at home, maybe there's a chance the game would even be easier when he plays it in a tournament.
So what, what's your question on this exactly? So, like tournament setup at home or train or how to train well, at the, home or. Yeah, so like Dennis Creasel, he's been giving me a hard time. He's saying the triple, the, the metal flippers are training wheels. I'm putting training wheels on my pin. Baby's I mean, he first wrong. flippers. I'm making it. Yes. So I'm making it easier, <laughs> but I'm also, I'm confident or I'm, I'm comfortable enough in my own ability that I don't have a problem when I have to move the, po- the outlane post on a game down. Like, if I'm just getting destroyed by well, the outlane, yeah, yeah, you got to set up the game as you want to to have yeah. fun. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, there's some people out there set their game at ten balls. Hell, I've seen some people mod their game like Ninja Turtles and put a freaking rubber band on the outlane. Yep, or <laughs> I mean, even just putting like so, super lube on a spinner. You know, you're giving yourself more spins. That well, you do stock... that as a competitive player too. I mean, well, I think know. it's I think it's funny though. Like turtles, everybody loves a juicy spinner. I agree, but like turtles, we talked about turtles before I played at um Cleepin and um the strategy was all getting a multiball and rip spinner. And then I remember I get there and you're like, Oh yeah, remember that strategy of getting a multiball and rip spinner? It doesn't work on this game because the spinner sucks. Yeah, because that spinner was shit. That's yeah. why. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you, I mean, you guys can talk about this more than me, but I just feel like every game, whether it's on location or in a tournament, is going to feel different than your game at home. So yeah. like, I wouldn't worry about that. Like set the game, how you want it to be at home, because you're going to have to adapt one way or the other to whatever game you're stepping up to on location. Tom agreed. Travis is shaking his head back and forth in a I negative mean, way. Well, it, it depends. I'll say it depends, but I've talked enough, Tom, would you like to chime in here? Which, what, Cause you got tons of games there. So, I mean, you no. have so many games. Yeah. No. Did you just say you no? Just say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, he agrees with me. He shook his head yes, but he doesn't want to go into detail. Okay, got it. Well, yeah. I, I, I pro- I'm probably playing worse than Joel lately. I, I can't find any <laughs> shots. In the words of Ron, <laughs> oh my, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may need to get yeah. some metal flippers. In, I'm a Tom. lost soul. <laughs> yeah, um, it happens. Well, okay, so here's why I would say you got to be careful with that. Because if you're wanting to play competitive mm-hmm. and you're, it, it's one thing if you're doing it like at your local weekend tournament, you know, with all your friends, it's just, that's one thing. But if you're trying to go to a Stern pro circuit event against high level players, you got to be very careful about that. And I actually just had a conversation with another player about this, that we've noticed this through players that have tried to play at a higher level tournament. And there's, there's nothing wrong with this. Like everybody should try to play. Right. Just like we encourage you, Joel, at Cleepin. Hey, get out there and try. Yeah. It's fun. Like, see what you have. But you do have to be careful that if you have your game set up so easy at home with no tilt bob, nothing else, you could get into certain habits. It's going to be awfully hard to dial back once you're, you know, in the shit. Once you get out there at a pro circuit tournament or any high level tournament yeah. and the tilts are a little bit tighter, I've seen people just like silverback flip their way to a tilt during a multi-ball or give the pin a shake and not That's realize. Luke, right? Isn't that what he does? Well, the difference is Luke can get away Luke, with it most of the time. Yeah. Luke can yeah. shake the game and not get a tilt war. Yeah. Like him and Rosa and can, Rosa, yeah, yeah, they can pick the game up and put it on their backs and walk out of the freaking <laughs> expo hall and they won't tilt. It's insane. But that's the difference. Like they know how to nudge. Stephen Bowden's the same way. World-class yeah. nudger. There's certain players there that have that touch. And, if you get, that's like the worst habit that I see players get into that if they have their tilt set super loose or no tilt at all at home yeah. and they get to these tournaments, they get destroyed by that because their recovery yeah. skills aren't there, yeah, you know? And sure. if you get, if you get, even if you don't tilt and you get two dangers early on, 
well, then you're playing on pins and needles for the rest of the ball. It affects your accuracy. It affects your recovery. It affects how you're trying to trap up. You might flip away more often than what you would. So your patience goes out the window. I mean, all that really adds up. So I think that's one thing you've got to be very careful about. But I will say, though, if you're not worried about training for a tournament that's that high level, then yeah, for sure. Like set your pins up the way, I mean, even if you're used to it, set your pins up how you want to play. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have fun. I mean, because you've already spent the money for the pins, so you don't have to set it up brutally hard just because that's, you know, you think you have to do that. There's there's nothing wrong with setting it up with the way that's going to be fun for you. Sure. And uh, the only reason I brought up the the flippers, the precision flip flipper system, the only reason I brought that up is because, yeah, one of our Patreons specifically wanted us to talk about it. And then somebody on our Facebook post said the same thing. What are your thoughts on this? And I mean, I just my main thing was if you're going to put pin stadiums in a light and if you're going to put pin stadiums in your game, like I feel like that is almost as advantageous because you can see the ball so much better. Like those aren't going to be there. Like most of the time your competitive lighting sucks. And oh, yeah. So As it's my like, eyesight goes, yeah. I'm getting more and more convinced a headlamp, headlamp is yep. like legitimately would help because there's some games like a district 82. I'm just like, I don't know where the hell the ball's at. Yep. I'm flipping. I'm guessing. I think it's here. But then when Rosa or somebody gets up there with a the headlamp, I'm like, oh, there's the ball. And I can see it the whole entire time <laughs> as I'm watching them play. I so, mean, yeah, is there anything? In the, is there anything in the rules from keeping you from like getting a set of the extremes, the external pin stadiums no, and like no. slapping them on there before you play every game. No, there's, there's people uh, that put that have a light that they put it on the lock bar. Oh really? Shines down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's probably what I'm going to start doing some places. Either that I'll get Monica behind me with a spotlight <laughs> or something. Yeah. That's degrading. She's better. Than, she's, she's better degrading. than a Well, she's, she's <laughs> got some money in this too. She oh, wants to help oh, me okay. win money. So, okay. you know, okay. Yeah, I just hand her a beer. She's fine. She's happy. It's fine. Beer in one hand, light in the other. Just yeah, try she's to keep it to on go. the game. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah. If, no, the metal, no. if the metal flippers make you happy, do it. Yeah. There you go. I will say though, there's certain games I would recommend them on and certain games I'd be like, okay, you might want to consider sure. your options here. So Deadpool, I love those on Deadpool. Yep. Right. Really enjoy it on Turtles. So Joel, you have two games that they work very well on. Yep. Godzilla, I didn't like it so much. Okay. I mean, it made I, that layout. It's very accessible for a lot of people already, even without lanes open. But now you put those metal flippers on, you're not half ramping anything ever. Yeah. And you're just ripping shots left and right. Nothing's really ever in danger with it. So that kind of makes me fearful hearing that, you know, those will be on well, Godzilla at Cincinnati. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. That's what there are a lot of people, though, that talk about the fact that the, you have to turn the flipper power down, which you can do on a modern pin. It's not a big deal. So like on Deadpool, I turn the power down. Godzilla, it sounds right. like if you were to put them on there, you know, make sure they're aligned correctly. They're very easy to adjust, but just get them aligned correctly and then get the, set the flipper power to something reasonable. But like Turtles, I didn't, I didn't lower them because I wanted more power. So there is hesitation. People are like, well, maybe I should put these on Lord of the Rings where that would be really helpful. But anything that, you know, the power is what the power is. There's certain games maybe you shouldn't put them on. Um, I don't like, I don't have them in TNA because I wanted... Like I you don't should. want TNA. That would be awesome. But I don't want TNA to. to feel like super snappy. Like I kind of no, like need, it feeling. You need to like put those game. on TNA, and you uh -huh. need to like just take the <laughs> tilt bob off and yeah. just go. <laughs> yeah. But it's I don't know. I think it's a it's a cool system. I definitely I, I don't know. I I would say if you're curious, give it a shot. It's a fun system to play with. There and and worst case, you buy them, you put them on, you don't like them, you take them off. It's not you're not breaking anything. Um, 
But that was a good short discussion. We we enjoyed that, Joel. Hey, yeah, we I'm, we crushed we're, it. We're real good at short discussions here. We, on, uh, we crushed that. Well, here's a here's a transition for you. You'll like this. So speaking right. of adding things to your game that bring you joy, Tom, you are buying the Mando Topper. Ah, damn, that was a good transition. Hey, wasn't it? Wasn't good it job, good? Joel. That I was think really Tom, good. Tom's eyebrows raised slightly. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> we we just kind of skipped over all the expo stuff. But well, go ahead. Here's the deal. This is I don't I don't number things, so we'll get to it. I got it. I know. No, I'm driving the bus. I'm swerving, swerving we, we all have, over the exactly. place. We have yeah. not skipped it because it was yeah. an expo true, and we true, saw yeah. it in person, Tom. We'll so it. there you go. We'll Let's knock go. Him out. But Tom, so okay, the the Mando Topper comes out. So we'll we'll split this two ways. So one, as a distributor, Travis, you had no you had no idea it was coming out that just drops out of nowhere. And I remember you're like, what is happening? <laughs> like it just kind of <laughs> rocked your world for a second. So real quick, how was that whirlwind? Cause you sold out real quick too. But, yeah, it, yeah. Well, yeah, it was just one of those things that we were waiting. I had a meeting that morning. I was like, yeah, I don't know when this is going to come out. It should be out any time now. And then all of a sudden it's like phone call, text, phone call, phone call, text, email. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, what's going on here? And then I look online and then sure as, you know, sure as hell, there it is on YouTube, the trailer yep. and all that. But yeah, we, we sold out of our allotment in like 20 minutes. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't get on the website. People wanted So everybody's saying, Oh, it's priced really high. This and that. It's like, yeah, they're, they're flying at that price. Yeah. It might actually be underpriced. I know people will hate hearing that, but they, I mean, they're, they're being sold very quickly. Well, it's funny. I think, I mean, everybody's complaining about price, but yet most things that have a limited number sell out real quick. So apparently that price like the only example, unfortunately, like TNA, TNA is not sold out yet. And that's something that maybe they've, that's something to learn. You know, the price point that they put TNA at might be right on the cusp or, or showing it might be a little high. I don't know. I mean, I think they'll sell them eventually, but like, yeah, Mando Topper just boom, allotment gone. And I know like Zach was talking about, Zach was flipping out, was talking about how they were driving up to Expo and the same thing. His phone's blowing up. He's having his wife now is having to drive his the van, the flipping out van while he's trying to do everything he can. I mean, it just sounds like a nightmare for you guys. But uh, I don't know what Zach's talking about. We had the webinar that morning uh, and it was like three hours long. And yeah, yeah. no, it was just it was dropped out of out of thin air. We had no idea. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. It's an awesome topper. It's really cool. So, Tom, I mean, you're in. It could be the greatest topper ever made next to the Rush one that's not released. Oh, the right. Okay. So you're, this is the number two topper ever made with rush. Yeah. The unreleased rush. Got it. Okay. So what were you, did you know you're in automatically or was it something you saw in the trailer? I mean, what, what made you pull the trigger on this one, Tom? No, it just looked really cool. Um, I didn't know the price point before I pulled the trigger, <laughs> but, um, uh, you're the reason yeah, prices yeah. keep going up, Tom yeah, Graff. Yeah, yeah. That's what everybody's like, saying right now. Tom's right. I tell you, thank you. How much? Yeah, Tom's <laughs> one of those guys. He gets, the, he gets the bill at dinner, and he just doesn't even open it. He just hands him the card. I mean, is that the is that the the life you live, Tom? Just like uh, depends yeah. on if it's McDonald's or oh. uh, you know. Tom, Tom just puts it in front of himself and just yeah. like belly laughs at it yeah. and just tosses it behind him. Just uh, continues on with his dinner. So. The Mando Topper, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it looks really cool. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, in person, it's impressive. It, okay. It's it's one of, so most toppers, I don't notice at all. Even I've been on record that <laughs> the Black Knight Topper, multiple pins, I have no idea it's there. You don't notice half a game. 
You you've talked many <laughs> times before that you didn't know you were playing a premium Stranger Things. Oh, for sure. There's a freaking yeah. projector in it. And I did that again this past weekend. Yeah, did, As a matter of fact, I don't pay attention to the projector. I'm sorry. I just don't. Uh, Anyways, that's another discussion, Joel. We need to stay on topic. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna help you out here. This Mando <laughs> Topper, yeah. it is actually really, really cool. I mean, you notice the the hologram on it immediately mm-hmm. and you can see it you know, moving and everything, you can see the display on it. So I'm actually pretty impressed with what it is and I can see why it sold out and yeah. I can see why this is going to be a hard product for a lot of people to get. So like, I know the Elvira topper, I don't remember. I think that was the first topper that was a thousand dollars or maybe it was slightly more, but like the Elvira topper was just kind of a sculpt and it just kind of was like a lid that went up and down. Like to me, I remember when I saw the price and saw what was there, I was like, that's, there's not much there. Like it just, but this, it's like, okay, this price is a, is crazy. What is it? Two grand or $2,500? It's, I don't remember. Two, two, two grand, two yep. grand, but it's like, at least you're getting something like it's sculpted incredibly well. It looks really cool. And then you got the whole screen and I don't know your thoughts on this though. It adds modes. There is, I think two different modes to it. One, it like tracks your overall Beskar. And once it reaches a certain limit, then you, it's like Beskar mating or something. Like you get every perk in the game. It's like you went on a shopping spree, and then there's a whole nother one. It's some other mode that is a cumulative thing, like so, Beskar Madness or something like go. that. Yeah. But it's something I do. Some people are really upset about that. The DLC essentially, like, oh great. I mean, I know Jurassic Park had something similar, and Avengers had something similar. But I think when Insider Connected came out, they basically gave you access to those. So I don't know. You guys, eh, eh. Okay. They'll, they'll I mean, they do it again. They'll I mean, do it. it no, I th- absolutely think they'll do yeah, it. Again. Yeah, it's like, well, have you you guys have played console games, right? Or yeah, PC yeah. games. Yeah. So, like, I've been doing that for years, and it's the norm to see some type of DLC or some add-on that adds a new mode to the game or a new level or whatever. And so, this doesn't bother me at all. Like, I I feel like after having a Mandalorian, I still had a complete game, and this sure. just happens to be an add-on after the fact. So, I mean, I can understand. I, I have empathy for those that that are, you know, thinking, oh, I don't have a complete game because I don't have this, I don't have that. But in all reality, I mean, it's it's two modes. You know, yeah, that's not yeah. that's not going to make the it's not going to make or break your game. So, so that's that's the main thing. If we talk about these extra modes, like these challenge modes, I mean, like I know um, most modern games now have some ability to skip straight to like one of the mini wizard modes or something. So it's the modes are there, but the challenge modes are a lot of fun. Turtles has half shell challenge. Half shell challenge is a mode that's completely unique. That's not in the game. It is, you can only get to it by holding the flippers in and going straight to it. It's essentially speed running mode. Like I know as a turtles owner, if they would have put that behind a paywall, I'd pay it. Like I would buy that. Like just because that mode is so great, but at the same time as a tur- turtle owner, I'd probably be frustrated that I have to like, I've already bought this game. Why am I having to pay for this mode? But that is such a unique experience. And the two modes, I mean, we haven't seen them yet, but the two modes and the way they're talking about them don't really seem crazy. Like, like you're missing out. Um, maybe it, there, I'm assuming there'll be an insider connected achievement. If you're one of the, you know, if you're an achievement hunter and you need to get everyone, then maybe that would be a thing. But um, I don't know. I'm just, eh, that doesn't bother me. Some people are very upset about it, but um, Tom, I'm excited for you. I'm excited that you're getting it. I think it's going to look, you have the LE of of Mando. It's already an incredibly good looking game. And uh, I think that topper is going to look 
real nice. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful game. Yeah. Is it because the LE backlash in Mando has a lot of mirror? And so you just see more of yourself. It has a ton of mirror. Ton of mirror. So more Tom in your backlash. More Tom. That's a good looking game. Everybody real good looking game. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hey, look, we're still in Mando. Or sorry, we're still in Expo. Let's talk about Expo. So let's just go with another. We'll say Bond. So Queen. Do either of you guys play Queen? Initial thoughts. I know Travis. We talked about this on TPN After Hours. Just. Are you both are you waving I, no, Tom or I, you played? I didn't I, no, I was just waving the time. <laughs> oh. I did not play Queen, but I saw it there. Well, Every how'd it time. look? How'd it look? It, it looked it looked nice. I, okay. I I wanted to play it, but every time Neil and I went up to it, it was either somebody was playing it or it was we we went early in the morning because I had a special pass. Ooh. But uh, it was unplugged, so I couldn't play it. So I went over and played Weird Al instead. It wasn't turned off. It was unplugged. <laughs> nice. It okay. was unplugged. I was going to turn it on, then I saw it was unplugged, and I'm like, ah, I shouldn't All plug right. it back yeah. in. Well, we'll get to Weird Al, because I know this was your first Weird Al experience. But Travis, so Queen, what were your thoughts? You know, it, it, so it was interesting. I really liked how the flippers felt. They okay. were... It was like a, it was in between a Stern Pro or Stern Pro, any Stern and a JJP. So okay. the flippers weren't quite snappy, but they weren't quite spongy either. But you could tap pass, you could post pass, you could hit shots cleanly. So I really liked how the flippers felt. The layout was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything that was just like industry busting. That's just, yeah. oh my God, this is just the best layout ever. I mean, it, it was what it was. And so it's just, you know, the artwork was okay. The the back glass, it was kind of odd just seeing Freddie Mercury's face. It kind of looked like we talked about this on TPN After Hours to where, to me, it almost looks like he got stung by a bunch of bees because yeah, yeah. his jaw is just like massive. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what happened there. But I do like the fact that they have live music in it because Queen is very much a live band. So I felt like that was a great decision. And it was pretty cool hearing those songs from Queen and getting into it and ripping shots. I really enjoyed that. There goes my camera. There so this camera. is a great segue. Much oh, like my music. equipment is bugging out. That's what I experienced with it's Queen. It's bugging too. out. You don't charge so, your camera. God, it's, it's not a bug. It's a bug, Joel. Oh, okay. <laughs> Keep going. You can talk Let's without get looking a dummy at yourself, battery I know like you can the do rest it. of us. <laughs> what? Just no, no. get a dummy this... battery like the rest yeah, of us. Yeah. Actually, okay, so I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. <laughs> I do have a dummy battery in there. The problem is I use a Canon M50. So mm-hmm. what that requires is an EOS. Camera. Well, yeah, evidently it is. It's like 600 piece of shit is what it is. But So I have an EOS utility that I'm supposed to put on my browser, uh-huh. right? And then I connect the camera to the utility via wireless. Uh. And that's what keeps it on because it's like a fail safe to turn it off. But literally every single time I hook it up to there, it like loses its connection within minutes. So it's going to go off either way. So we all just need to hold hands, just take a breath. I'm probably going to disappear in another 20 minutes, but it is what it is. The queen. (laughs) Hey, listeners, if anybody has a webcam that they're not using, feel free to mail it to Travis. Because a USB cable stays connected very well. But 
Go ahead, Travis. I use, I've told you this before, Joel. My professional cameras are only for my OnlyFans. That's oh. the fact. That's how this works. All right. Okay. All right, Queen. Queen, yes. Uh, yeah, so is Buggy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. It's there's, buggy. there's a lot of bugs I, yeah. in the software, but that's what everybody was saying. I was a little concerned by that just because it's been announced for over a year now. Yeah. So I was expecting it to be a lot further along. But I mean, like I said, I the shots were okay. I really liked how the flippers were. I did like how the music was. I could see that there is a pathway to have fun with that pin. They're not yeah. quite there yet, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel with it. So I'm not ready to write it off completely yet because there, there are elements of fun. And I met somebody there. I think his name was Simon. And he was explaining the game to me. And he was very patient and he's, you know, he obviously knew what was going on since he was associated with the game. But I think that there is a pathway for this game to be successful in the way that it can be. I don't know if at the price points it is. And because yeah. of some of the barriers it has to overcome being overseas and parts short shortages and all that, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But it's... Uh, it's interesting. It's one of those things where I know that there's going to be a lot of people that when they do play this pin, it's it's almost like, I don't know, I wonder how Queen fans will take it, whether huh. or not that this will be like their mecha pin, that they'll love it, or whether they'll play it and then wish somebody else made it. I'm well, curious to see that because I'm kind of in between. I enjoyed it for what it was, and I know a little bit of Queen music, and I didn't find myself wishing that some other company made it. I mean, okay. it was it was what it was, so... Yeah, Zach Mini, once again, he he said this on the pinball show with Dennis, and he basically said he loved it. Like Zach is a huge Queen fan, so he loved the the theme, but he really loved the way it shot. He said he kept coming back to it. He loved the way it felt. He was a big fan. He was a really big fan. And if the code can evolve into, you know, something that really pulls him in, I mean, I don't know. Zach was really excited about it. But yet on the TPN after hours show, I know George Fisher and he was not in love with it. I know you weren't in love with it. And Craig Bobby was also not in love with it. Craig so, Bobby was really not in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I would say right now the pen is okay. It's very hard to judge something where the code is obviously that buggy where you yeah. couldn't really, I mean, like I was scoring a billion points without really doing anything, but hit the, yeah. Weird the middle ramp. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes you'd get a ball and try to, try to change songs and then it would lock up the software. And so uh, it was kind of hard for me to get into the experience that way. So I'm, hope, great. I'm, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm hopeful it'll be at TPF yeah. and they will be a lot further along. That's what I'm hopeful of. So, so here's a transition a little bit, but it's uh spooky spooky just announced that they're hiring a new coder to, in the way the wording was strange, but basically this new coder, his job for the next year is to, continue to add did they say rewrite or add but it's it's to focus on ultraman and halloween code are you talking about the post to where they were talking about the actual halloween as yeah. in the, the holiday but yet it came off like they were talking about the game halloween and yeah, now it, they were kind of apologizing the code wouldn't be where they wanted it to that's be. what it was yeah and yeah so i mean halloween's are all sold they're almost all made they're sold out but props to spooky to continue to put energy and effort into this game. I know Zach and Greg with straight down the middle just did a Halloween review. Shocker B plus. <laughs> it was like Greg, I think it was B plus Zach was like a B minus, but one of the biggest issues that they've both complete. Well, 
Greg loves the code, but yet there's a lot of people that have complained about the code, uh, especially with animations and other stuff. But I don't. You, what you're saying is like Queen shoots well, but the code is what's holding it back. My experience with Halloween is it doesn't shoot well. You can't code that. You can't fix that. But yet here they are. They're kind of they're going to continue to evolve the code. Greg Bone in his review made it sound like his game shoots great. So maybe I've just I just haven't shot a very good game. I don't know. I mean, do you guys have any quick thoughts on Halloween and and if they're going to invest a whole dedicated coder to to continuing to put energy into coding this game? Do you think it are you are we going to see a big improvement there or I don't know, takeaways on the straight down the middle review at all? Tom, go ahead. Good luck, spooky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Travis, what do you got, man? I got I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> all right. I don't know. I, I feel mean, bad. So, yeah. So, well, yeah. Here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. So they made a pen. Yep. And it happened to become two pens, right? Yeah. And Halloween became Ultraman. They made certain decisions that they wanted to make in terms of how they wanted to code it, who they wanted to code it, how they wanted to do the rules, how they wanted to do the design, so on and so forth. So the bottom line is, is that it sold out. People, people bought the game. So that's the most important thing, regardless yep. of what anybody else thinks. They they still made their nut. They sold it. So it's it is a good thing, of course, that a company is still putting resources into said game because they could very easily just say, you know what? It is what it is. We're going to ride off into the sunset, focus on the next project. But yep. obviously hiring, I think his name is Matt Kemp that they hired. So bringing him in, that's I, I don't know who that is, but it's got to be a good thing that you're bringing in some sort of programmer to help. So, you know, I mean, that is something. I, I would just say that I think of anything, I would fully expect that Spooky has definitely learned from this. And I think that they're going to take the feedback and take it seriously. And hopefully they apply it to whatever next project they have, because, yeah. you know, I mean, the three of us being pinball fans, we want everybody to be successful. That would be great. I mean, if everybody could keep making just banger of pins, that would be awesome because the more pinball, the better. Yeah. But yes, I do agree with you, Joel, though. They do have to work on how they word their Facebook post because yeah. I'm reading it. Yeah. I'm reading it right now. And this is how <laughs> it reads. It says, Matt is going to be pouring that passion into the Halloween and Ultraman code over the course of the next year. The update isn't going to quite make Halloween as we wished, but we are working <laughs> diligently yeah. on getting it done as soon as possible. So it's like when you just read it, you're like, you're like, wait a second. Are they, yeah. they're hiring so Ultraman's going to be better? Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to be able to. The game's not going to be what we want it to be. But right. that's what it reads as. That's but what it reads no, as. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they just <laughs> they meant, meant the holiday, holiday. Halloween. Yeah. And it just happened to be. Yeah. So, yeah, just kind of watch your wordplay there, spooky. And this is coming <laughs> from Travis, funny. Guys. This is coming from Travis. So we know, <laughs> we know how, how good his wordplay is. But no, I, I, yeah, I just feel it was almost weird feeling almost guilt watching the straight down the middle review because Greg is so passionate. He's like, people that hate this game or the, that rip on the code or this. I mean, he, he was like mad about it because he loves it. But my view is like, I haven't, I I have, I can't experience the code. The three games I've played, I just had so many center ramp rejects that I can't like, how do I, how do I get to enjoy a mode if I can't even in, like get into one? And well, and, and that goes like, back to Joel that on different copies, people are going to have yeah. wildly different experiences. I know the first copy I had, I think it was the uh, collector's edition or whatever it was, 12. 
Halloween. So I played it very early on and you guys saw the pictures that I sent you of it. I mean, there was, there's a lot of, I, I was getting read. Yeah. I was getting yeah. rejects on ramps and I had no idea why that was happening. And I peeked underneath there and there was a screw hanging yeah. up nearly half an inch on the play field, like in just rejecting the ball and there was things falling apart. So, I mean, obviously that they figured out their QA afterwards, but yeah, it's just, people are going to have different experiences. So I'm, I'm sure obviously somebody that's playing a Halloween today that might've come off the line last month, they might have a very much different experience ah, than yeah. somebody that played it a year ago or six months ago or what have you. So, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with people changing their minds and there's nothing wrong with people loving the game as it is. I mean, that's, that's what pinball is all about. People are going to have different opinions and there's absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that. And yeah, that's fine. And the, the categories that they, that they scored it well like the art i agree the art on that game's incredible you know the lighting show is really really good i mean they're they're definitely good things there it's just geometry wise that's where i struggled and if they release some sort of fixes or talk about ways you can adjust it i mean maybe i'll get lucky next time i i play a halloween maybe it'll shoot great kind of like how greg says his shoots just kind of like like in toy story one of my biggest frustrations was the bo peep loops but i've only played one version of the game so maybe the next toy story i walk up to the Bo Peep Loops may shoot awesome. And and then I can check that box. Like, oh, it's just my game. I'm, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. But um, speaking of, so, okay. So once again, Queen shoots well. Code, eh. Halloween, the question is, does it shoot well? I don't know. But the Your code Greg is- Greg Bone, it shoots great. Greg Bone shoots great. <laughs> but yeah. Bond. So you both have played Bond. The, mm-hmm. What I've heard, the reason I'm using this as a transition is it shoots well, but the code is because eh, there's not. It, we're at point. I think somebody said they walked up to the game. It was turned off, and instead of it wasn't unplugged like Tom's, but it was turned off, and they just flipped it on. And you know, when Stern games boot up, it shows code version. I think they said it was point five four out of one point So it's like they are barely over halfway done with the code. Um, so I know a lot of people are just giving them a pass. Like I'm not here to judge the code, but yet what we can go off of is how did it feel? How did the shots feel? And then on the dead flip stream, Gomez and Mike Vinicor did go into what their plans are with the code. So what you heard from there, I don't know your thoughts there, Tom, if you want to go first, go for it. I thought it shot pretty good. Honestly. Um, I, I liked the layout. Um, but I only played one game on it, so okay. you know I didn't have my I w- I was probably in the ex- in the actual hall for about an hour and a half the entire expo. Yeah, but uh, I you know for for what I got to try and everything I I did I thought the shot the I I thought it shot well. So pro I or was, premium? I I thought it shot better than I imagined it was going to shoot. Okay. Did you play the pro or premium? I actually played the pro. Okay. And I heard, I've heard positive things about the pro. There's a, a, yeah. But so the shots though, was there any particular shot that kind of like surprised you? Like, Ooh, like I like that. Like, I I don't know. I feel like uh, on most Sterns now, or even most modern pins, there's always something that kind of stands out from a kinetic standpoint of like, I like the way that felt. Um, was there anything like that, that not, not particularly Not really. just because i just had one game on it okay all right well cool but it wasn't a bad it didn't leave a bad taste in your mouth is what i'm hearing. no like, not you, at all okay. all right what about visually art 
I mean, how did, did the art, do you feel it looked better? Pro, people are like, that's a bright yellow cab. How was yeah. it? Do you feel the art was better or worse? I don't know. I thought the art on the playfield was fine. Yeah, the cabinet and the back box just don't really do anything for me okay. on the pro version. But yeah. uh, the uh, the premium looks really nice, though, I thought. Okay. Good. Um, Travis, I'm going to uh, just as he's swigging his beer. Yep. Uh Thoughts. what's up joel what's going on <laughs> what are your i know uh we've already had this discussion a little bit travis but uh i know you came away really liking the pro really liking the pro yeah um, i i think i like the pro better than the premium personally just because i i just feel like the things that were added on in the premium i mean i could take it or leave it it didn't seem like like for instance if i look at godzilla and i play godzilla i have a premium there right i feel like i have to have the premium because of the spinner on the right because of the building. So the same way with Rush, because of the dead end shot, I feel like I got to have that Vuck. Yeah. And I got to have the ramp that's a little bit wider and moves up and down. Like those two things really make a big difference. With Bond, I just personally, for my game style, I really don't mind not having the uh, the ball locks up top with, you know, next to the, uh, the spaceship, uh, however we want to call it. The rocket yeah. and the yeah, rocket. Yeah, well, I'm trying to keep this PG-13. Okay, yeah, there we go. There, it's yeah, it's out there now. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you got to be careful of the ball lock by the spaceship dildo. So you got to be careful there. <laughs> okay. But And then Bond on a wand where he just kind of like poops yeah. out the ball. It just, that doesn't do anything for me yet. Just because, like we talked about, there's no way to control Bond and release him, release him down onto that target or release the ball onto the target. But... If that was already there, or if you had various spots to release the ball, then I'd probably be saying something different. Then that would be something unique that would be worth looking at. But as of right now, it's not there. So I can't really comment on that. But I felt like the Pro just, it just felt better overall to me. Sure. When playing it. So, you know, on the right side, I love the right side of the play field. Like I love how, you know, the ramp splits. Yeah. I love the shot in between the ramp. That feels really good. I love how fast it goes between the ramps and then comes around to the upper flipper and then you can rip a shot there. That I really enjoy. I really do like the left orbit yep. of the game. That's a fun shot to do that you hit it and it comes back around to your left flipper. So a lot of flow there, a lot of combo potential there. What I wasn't really really keen on was just the eject or the scoop, whatever you want to call it, that's on the left-hand side. That seemed to really slow down gameplay a lot. And then it just kind of like just sent the ball out of control uh -huh. every single time. So, it, and it didn't really feel like a shot you could hit on purpose either, really uh -huh. on any of the copies. It just seemed like most of the time a shot would go there just because just it happened in. to go there. Yeah, yeah, it just happened to go there. Even during a multi-ball, it's like, okay, the shot went there because it happened to go there. But there was a unique shot though, and I told you about this, Joel, that we discovered from the left flipper. And this was possible in all the copies we played. We played like two or three different versions of it. From the left flipper, you could hit upper the side lower. ramp. From the the lower left flipper, lower yeah. left flipper, yeah. Oh, of course, the upper the side ramp. Of course, yeah, yeah. the upper left flipper, you could hit the side ramp. Yeah, that would be yeah. weird if you couldn't. But yeah, the lower left flipper, you could hit the side ramp too. Nice. So that was interesting. I mean, it was a tight shot, but it was still there. Okay. So it, it was just you know that geometry of the side ramps interesting too because sometimes the ball would go flying around there, then other times it would like get caught up and come back down the right ramp. Okay. And then I guess the only other thing that was I was kind of iffy on was every time that the ball got stopped in the right in lane with that 
that post that would come up to stop the ball. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I forget if we were starting missions or whatever it was that we were starting, but then as soon as that post would go down, the ball more often than not would stay there. Oh, we'd kind of have to shake it loose. Yeah. Well, it's just because if you look at the pictures of it, it's so high up the in lane that sometimes it just kind of gets stuck right on that switch area. Huh? Like right on the lower part of it. And that happened on different copies. So I'm curious to see if that becomes an issue later on, or maybe it's just the way that the games are set up. Huh. I don't know. Cause I don't remember that happening during the dead flip reveal. Yeah, that that'll be interesting to see. I do know one of the things I saw in the dead flip reveal was, uh, at least on the plunge, I know they said they haven't coded in all this, the super skill shots yet, but on the plunge, it doesn't look like there's an option or maybe nobody did it where you hold the left flipper and the ball actually goes all the way around. It looks it, like it was... It does do that. Okay. It does that. Yep, I did that. all of their plunges were sending it up into the pops, but it seems like the the way the ball exits out of the pops, at least on the dead flip stream, sends the ball straight over to the top, the top of the left sling, which then makes the ball potentially bounce straight out the left out lane. And I saw multiple people like plunge didn't flip a single thing ball goes out the left out lane they plunge like i think mike vinicor yeah. had a ball where it happened ball save happened kicked him out another ball and it happened again <laughs> so i hope some of these layout things i don't know are fixed or addressed or well it is. that that yeah. depends on how it's set up too because yeah. i know the pins that we played on at expo for me every time it came out of pops it fed the left in lane perfectly every single time All so right. i i think a lot of it just depends on setup overall sure. too so that might be variable just according to copy. But yeah, if you look, do you guys have the play field brought up real quick? No. In front of you? I'm mm-hmm. trying to focus on the on the podcast that we're that we're doing. Oh, so you're, you're just <laughs> you you can just you're like a savant. You can just talk about the play field without even looking at it. <laughs> no, I do I don't think it's that hard to <laughs> kind of remember how it looks. Well, I'm just I was just going to point Tom, you know. Well, I was just going to point out if you if you have the play field up, look at where that post is. On the right end lane. Okay, yeah, I and you'll have that. See, yeah, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. All right. Listeners, I'm sorry that Tom and I are the most prepared ones. No, I apologize okay. for this. <laughs> sorry, I don't have the exact location of where a post is. Okay, whatever. See, so, Joel, Joel's worried about my camera. I'm worried about you guys as the listeners that we can provide you the best information possible and the most accurate. So right now, your biggest concern is a visual reference for, an, for a podcast. That's fuck. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So everybody pause this and yeah, go yeah, look yeah. at your bond play fields Jeez. and then yeah. come back here as soon as you get it up on your computers yeah. or Travis, your phone. The goal is to create a word picture. Okay. Word okay. Picture. Welcome back yeah. everybody. So now that you've seen it, yeah. awesome. Okay. Perfect. Well, okay. So any other thoughts on, I mean, I don't, Lonnie is known for taking a long time on his code. Um, it's just bond is in a weird spot. I think I read somewhere. It's been two months already, like two months since the game was revealed. It's been a hot minute. Yep. Two months. We've that had long? one stream. Nobody's had the game yet. I know Zach is trying to get me one to stream, but all he's here, all he's heard is early November. Well, it, so it hasn't been two months. It is since early streamed. I, th- I think it's been two months since it was revealed. Ne- nearly two months since it's been revealed. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's kind of a, I'm not saying it's losing steam, but everybody's just waiting. Like, we're just waiting. I'm glad people have now had a chance to play it. But even code-wise, like, that's one thing I'm a little nervous of is, let's say Zach gets me a game in two, three weeks. Like, I'm going to be streaming a game that's on 0.5-something code. I mean, I I would love to experience, I mean, 
the joke there, there, I'll take it before Travis, you know, does anybody ever see when I'm streaming, does anybody get past that depth of code? Because I suck at pinball. That's the, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> Joel, you're doing great. Oh, doing thanks. Great, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, ex- like, I'm when, still excited. When did they reveal it? I don't have that. It hasn't. It, surely. I think it's probably been a little bit over a month. Cause I think what was it, the end of September or well, mid September. If we're wrong, it was one of the loser kids that said two months. Now that I think about it, so blame yeah, Josh I, or Scott. I, I think it was probably date. yeah, it was like mid to end September. So well, I knew it wasn't August. So we're yeah. in a we're in a weird spot though because the Bond 60th anniversary could be revealed literally at any moment. I don't know this week, next week, but it's going to happen soon. So now all of a sudden, all this fresh conversation is going to be talking about that, and then we're just going to have to wait till homeowners get Bond. But really, by the time the the code really starts to develop, in my mind, I just I feel like they may Stern may already be on their next cornerstone. You know, JJP still has said two games a year. I mean, is there a chance JJP is going to squeeze one in here in the last two months? I don't know. It's been hinted at. Um, yep. American Pinball, we're waiting. I mean, it's just there's a chance. I don't know. Is is there a chance that another game is going to show? Yeah. Is is there a chance another game is going to show up between now and the end of the year? And just from completely who? take the thunder from Bond. If, if you who? want to say there's still thunder. I'm probably Stern. <laughs> I think Stern's going to take their own thunder. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's the yeah. next one that's going to get released is the Bond yeah. 60th for sure. But, I mean, here's the reality of it. I mean, LDs are pretty much sold out. There might be a few dealers out there that still have some. I mean, you know, the, it, all the allotments have been out there for a little while, for over a month. So this game has been getting sold yeah. for a month. You know, even though it's not showing up right now in homes, it's still selling. Yeah. You know, it, it may not be as fast as like a Godzilla, but nothing's going to be as fast as a Godzilla. That's just the reality of it. But, True. you know, what a lot of people don't realize, too, these games are still selling, even though they're, they're not showing up in arcades or they're not showing up at homes. I mean, they're going to be here soon. But yeah, all the dealers and distributors are still selling the game. Nice. Well, I would say uh, Expo, the only thing I could bust. <laughs> <laughs> the only other things so expo wise um fathom did either of you guys play or see fathom there the yep travis I, did thumbs up i saw it i didn't play it yeah and i've heard it's gorgeous I've heard i it's was gorgeous. very impressed yeah haggis yeah. put together a very good package i thought the game was well put together it played as expected like a fathom it yeah. had additional stuff to it the sound was great just the look of it was great the fellow was great i was blown away by that i was not expecting that at all because i know that we were obviously we've talked about this off podcast before about the delays and we're wondering when it'll all come Mm -hmm. out and i know that's been widely talked about through various podcasts and forums and everything but i can tell you like the game that they put together it's the real deal now i have no idea i know nothing about haggis and their manufacturing capabilities so i don't know how many games they're going to actually be able to get out because I think pretty much, if I remember right, it was supposed to be July of last year when they started uh, manufacturing, yeah. when it's they first said that they were going to do it. Yeah, so yeah. obviously they've kind of missed that just a little bit in terms of like, you know, getting the games out. But the game I did play, it was, it, I was impressed by it. And nice. if they were an American manufacturer, not saying I'm not doing this because they're Australian, but if they were here and the game was just easier to get for us, I could see me wanting to get one or even a future game of, whatever it else that they could put out. But nice. if they can, if they can mass manufacture games, at least at scale for them, it would be hard to say no to future games that they put out. Oh, cool. 
And then Tom, I know you you mentioned it earlier, but you actually had a chance to play a Weird Al. So Weird yes. Al on the P3 Multimorphic system, initial impressions or thoughts. Oh dear that. God, Tom, do not piss off the P3 crowd. <laughs> dear God. Um, here's the thing. I really liked it. Oh. Okay. Ooh, thank God. <laughs> tell, me, tell us more, Tom. Yeah, tell, tell us, us more, Tom. I, we want to hear it. I thought the flippers felt great because I've played a P3 before and I was like, man, these flippers do not feel right. And yeah. and I I was pleasantly surprised I could make all the shots and everything. Um, you know, I I enjoyed the game. I I was impressed by how much they have in the back of that game. Oh yeah. It's pretty amazing all the shots. Um doesn't mean I'm going to run out and buy one. But uh you know, I I I enjoyed it a lot. Well, there that's we go. I'm going to say Joel. No, I think that's <laughs> There's a lot of P3 owners that are going, "Yes! Like, oh, we got one." We no. got yeah. We pissed off somebody when he yeah. said I'm not going to go out and buy one. Somebody well, is I, mad yeah. right now. Well, I'm not going to go out and buy one because I'd probably have to wait a year yeah. to get one. Womp womp. Because there's so many that have been sold. They are. That's yeah. that's right. That, that's why, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But my friend, my friend Chris is getting one and I'm going to play his. There we go. Is he getting one pretty soon? Before Christmas? Don't know. Uh, He ordered one a while back, but he also ordered, I believe, Heist and and another, uh, I forget what other game. Oh, so he went like all in. He's like all about it. And he's got like the whole, like a la carte. I mean, that's a a nice thing about that system. Yeah. And you you can put in those other. Modules. modules i think yeah. so that's funny that's why my wife she went to go play it and she came away very impressed by it yeah. and she usually doesn't come over and tell me about pinball machines she's just like hey you know i i, I lost my beard do you have another one that's usually what i hear from her at pinball shows where do but, i hold the light yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but she came over and she was just raving about it she said that she really enjoyed it so yeah. of course i was like okay well you know it's are you saying like it's like an eight to ten thousand dollar enjoyment? Because she had no idea what the price was, and she's like, "Well, you know, it's like a sell Toy Story." Is it a three or four thousand dollar <laughs> enjoyment? That's the way she feels about it. But that makes sense because she is basically saying, if we had the module already, oh yeah, that she, she would be wanting to get that. So oh, yeah. that 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 made sense to me. But yeah, that's what I told her, Joel. I was like, "Okay, well, sell Toy, Toy Story, Story, and yeah. we can fund it." And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> calm down." So. That's still where I'm at with P3. I still think it's an awesome, I think it's really a very innovative and very cool, unique device. It's just like Weird Al to me is not a theme that I really care too much about. So if the next game or one of these modules ends up being a theme or ends up being something that does push me over the the edge to actually buy the system, then yeah, I would absolutely buy it. Like I, I, I would buy Weird Al for three grand or $3,500, whatever it is for the module. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, for a whole, uh, that's a whole new game for that, for that relatively small amount of money. But I, it's just, it's not at a spot for me to, to commit fully to the system yet. I will say the, I didn't get a chance to play it, but I was standing and watching other people play it. Cause I just wanted to hear the sounds and everything. And it was much different than TPF, like TPF, you could barely even hear it, but okay. here at expo, you could hear it clear as day. And I mean, the sound on it was actually pretty impressive. I was yeah, impressed by yeah. that overall package. And it actually, 
for Scott a music Denise, pen, he did it. yeah, for a music pen, it sounded great. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think people that buy this pen, they'll be happy with it. I don't think they'll be disappointed with it. I can't really speak on how it shot since I didn't actually shoot it, but it looked interesting in yeah. person. I mean, I'm still not a big fan of the play field being so far back and everything being back there. But I will say, though, seeing the animations in person, it makes sense for what the theme is and what the animations are, that they're not quite, you know, just over the top, just like super sharp or anything like that. I think it makes sense for what the theme is. Yeah, no, I I, I don't know. I still I think it's really cool. I do really do think it's cool. I think if I mean, if you're a collector and you have a large collection, gra- like get in on that. I mean, I think it's a cool system like Tom Graff. Tom, I, I think I, I, really, no I think between room. the three of us, I think Tom might get one if his buddy really enjoys yeah. his. If he if he moves that Paragon, and <laughs> I'm not going to name his other games, but if he moves yeah. like the other thirty games behind him, mm. he's got an area right there in front of the Led Zeppelin naked guy that's on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's like the perfect that would, spot right there. That would block yeah. two games. Uh, okay, that's true. What games would that block? I can't tell. It looks like uh, ACDC, X Men, and Star Trek. Oh, uh, nice. okay. Yeah. X-Men, just like ACDC, obviously. Yeah. No, I think it's cool. I'm glad, Tom, you had a chance to play one. There's Travis's light. <laughs> Don't or, say a no, word. No. Out again. no, it's not. Oh, another thing, which is hysterical, is literally two minutes before he started recording, he records in a closet, and his uh, his overhead <laughs> Why light... Why did I tell this? His overhead light went out. Like... His 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 house lights don't even work. This guy just just <laughs> it's just a struggle daily. Yeah, hey, I just discovered electricity two years ago. Uh, I think you're but, uh, you know, and then you forget about it. it is. Apparently, it's a great concept. It's probably going to go away in a few every... years. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So, any other wrap ups with Expo or any other thoughts there? Did I miss any other games that you played or things that uh, I don't know? I don't want to. I think we're good. Think trying to think, Tom, was there anything else at Expo? Really? Uh, All Tom did was stream. There were there were some of the homebrews. Like I played, uh, I played the Dukes of Hazard. That was the uh, that one was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. it was Paragon, basically. You know. Yeah. And then um, I I don't know how to pronounce it. But it was the one uh, Rob Anderson. But it was basically like it had the layout. It yep. had the layout of different, um, like older games. Like it had the spinner and nine ball, and it single had, level game. Yeah, had the you know stars targets and and another spinner. It had three spinners, Joel, and then it had the Spanish eyes bottom with the flippers out to the to the sides. Yeah, it shot pretty cool. Nice, um, and I know a lot of a couple people that really enjoyed it. Well, I've, I've, I've heard the same thing. I've heard that that game is really unique. So I don't, I actually went on Pinside trying to find if the guy had like a build thread. I, I couldn't find anything about the game. And the only videos I've seen are a few that people uploaded that they took at Expo. So if that guy's listening, uh, upload more stuff or start a thread or something because there's definitely interest in your game. And I, I hope he brings it to TPF because I know I, I just the videos I saw, it's such a unique looking layout that I, I know I want to try it. By the way, um, I think we're all going to TPF. As of right now, that is my plan. That is my plan. This is my first TPF. Oh, well. Is we'll, it really? Am we'll I the only safe. one here? That's No, Joel, you've been to both Expo and TPF. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Joel, I'm going to put you on the spot. You yeah. can't fence set. You can't do it. 
Which one do you like better? Last TPF year or Expo? No, last year I absolutely enjoyed uh, TPF Texas Pinball Festival. I enjoyed that more. And but what I've heard is everybody is raving about how great Expo Chicago Pinball Expo was this year. Like apparently it's way improved. So I'm I'm very excited to experience that next year. But I mean, from my own experience, I would say TPF was better. What did you like about TPF better? Well, it was all the complaints about Expo previously where it was like very segregate. You know, you had like your free play area and then all the distributor area like that. That's where all the vendor area like that's where all the fun was. But they closed it down early and the free play area just kind of sucked. Like there really wasn't anything there. While what I liked at TPX, it was TPF. It was all mixed together. It was all open the whole time. Um, it just, I mean, one of my main enjoyments is just seeing people talk to people. I mean, it was, it felt more crowded, but it also, I don't know, there was more people there. Um, but no, I, I think what I've heard with Chicago Pinball Expo now is they've mixed it all together. The hours have way changed. You don't have to pay for the seminars. Like it sounds like they improved everything that everybody complained about. Yeah, that, that was a plus. And the hotel they had it at was very nice as well. I really like the venue. Oh yeah, you Expo didn't go last at. year. Yeah, you didn't no, go last year. I didn't. I, I went no. this year though. So no, I can compare no. this year to TPF. I, I would say, so going to both, I would say the one thing that I hope TPF takes a page out of that Expo did this year was not having curtains up everywhere. Yeah. Like I really liked how open it felt that all the vendors didn't have things like up all around them unless it was part of their booth, like the flipping out area that had their their giant sign that Zach put up. Like that was Deadpool pretty dope. Sign, yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that is pretty cool to me at a show. That's so much better than just seeing a black curtain. That's just yeah. up and just kind of blocking stuff off. Like at TPF, I feel like almost like I'm cattle being herded from section to section. Cause once you start going down a row, you just, you keep yep. going, but you can't see anywhere, but just like right there. So I really do hope that they take a page out of that. I know that there were some TPF people up there at the show so they're definitely aware of it so i very much hope because i love tpf i've been going there for years now i hope that they take a page out of that and just let everything just be open that would that would just make the show so much better so so much more breathable i guess that <laughs> doesn't just just doesn't feel like you're just like in sure. there with just a bunch of like a sea of people so that's that'd be my only complaint and my only big comparison nice well cool. very nice joel well, I'm excited. I'm excited to go. I mean, TPF will be in March, but I'm absolutely hope that I can make a Chicago Pinball Expo next year. Um, so yeah, so we we're gonna transition to our last topic here, and it's kind of a big one. I'm 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 excited to talk about this. Uh, real quick side note, though, just because I thought about it, the um, metal flippers apparently on JJP games are literally like a huge change. Um, there are people that have put them on GNR, and they're like, now I can shoot everything. Um, there are people that have put them on Hobbit. And I just, I don't know, apparently metal flippers on a JJP game is a game changer. So, all right, big topic. And Travis just remembered what we're talking about. Kind of two <laughs> parts here. I forgot kind of, about the, I it's was just like looking at the time and I was like, it's holy listed. crap, we made it in less than an hour and a half. We just got right no, through that. This is, I'm excited to talk about this and it's kind of two parts. Um, okay, yeah. So let's, let's just settle. Let me get another beer, Joel. Go ahead. Okay, so we'll let Tom talk first. But the two parts here is there's an interesting discussion here about complexity. So not only is... What? It's a beer. It's out of it, focus. No, it's Christmas L, Joel. Oh, I'm already drinking November. Christmas beer. I'm happy for you. 
Thank you. Merry, I appreciate Merry it. Christmas. Joel, yeah. why are you stopping talking and commenting on my beard? Why, like, Tom and you're, I, you're making it very apparent you want me to see something. So no, I'm, I'm showing you. it to Tom. Oh, you know, my two-year-old does talk. it. My no, no, four-year-old no. does it. I'm letting you talk, Joel. Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. showing it to Tom because Tom appreciates beer, he is also a beer connoisseur. So I'm just showing I Tom like what yingling. I have. Yingling. Yeah. Okay. Yingling, so, Yingling's pretty good, but this is like Breckenridge Brewery, which is like yeah. a local brewery. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> now you you acknowledge me, so now Tom and I got to talk about it. <laughs> there are times Tom, I wish his camera just never worked. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so Tom, it says it's yes. a it's oh. a multi full bodied <laughs> winter warmer. Yeah. Can, do you like the, that play of words right there? Multi full bodied winter warmer. That's just something you drink in a com- comfy. A comfy, yeah. That's a great idea. Uh. So shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. You guys aren't sponsoring us, but yeah, you know, definitely listening. They're definitely listening. They are. One of them is. Yeah. If there, hey, if there is anybody that brews any beer of any kind, we'll please review email it. us at tripledrain at gmail.com and we'll get Mr. Alcoholic over here, Travis, <laughs> to review your beer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I like home brews. Okay, yeah, just bring it. Don't be picky. If anybody says you beer, okay, yeah. wait, 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 wait a second. We're gonna go down this road since no, since we got a few no. minutes to spare. Joel, when I came over to your house, what yeah. did you offer me? Uh, pumpkin beer, the stuff my wife likes. Exactly. Yeah. And Tom, when I came over to your house, what did you offer me? I think a spotted cow. Exactly. So what I'm getting at is, is you two guys are cool. You guys are offering beer. So, yeah, that's why I'm having a beer here, even oh. though I'm drinking by myself. So it is what it is. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sure so, there's somebody listening drinking a beer, though. Once, cheers to that guy. And there's girl. probably somebody <laughs> pissed off that I've totally derailed the conversation, no. too. But this they is only, really Joel's fault. When you think about it. drink beer, too, Joel. I said guys and yeah. girls. I said no. it. The only complaint that we get guys consistently. Guys and girls. Women, Joel. Oh, God. Women. Men and women. All of everybody. The only complaints we get is apparently <laughs> people get frustrated that we interrupt each other. They're like, can you guys just let each other talk? And that's that's literally what we do the whole time. But, um, okay. They, the, need, they need to sit in on our pre-production meetings is what they need to do. <laughs> so if you the, guys want to hear, guys. So I forgot who it was, but oh somebody Lord. told me, like, they empathized with me at Expo. They were like, you know what? We're on your side, Travis. We know Joel bullies the shit out of you before you guys no. go live. We can tell. It was you said, talking to yourself in no, the mirror, Tom was there. pumping yourself Tom, up. Oh, I, no, Tom I had was... countless people. I mean, tons of people come up to me about the podcast. And I was like, oh, you're talking about the stream I'm doing here, right? And they're like, no, the podcast. I'm like, does anybody watch the stream? Uh, so many people watch the stream. They love the stream, Tom. But what but, we're saying is, is we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, everybody out there Thank that's you. Team Travis and acknowledge that Joel <laughs> bullies Travis. me before we go live. It's true. I you was can, there. I was and, there. And Tom was he there. Was fully so, on Travis's side. Fully. It's He's a saint. It's very easy to support you, Travis, when you show up on time and your technology works. But your camera's gone out four times while we've recorded. And you know what? your overhead there... light in your closet doesn't even work. Like, it just, <laughs> this is your fault. You do this to okay. yourself. Those two points are very fair. Those are very fair points. But, 
Okay, Re rebuttal. Uh, Somebody told me earlier that this is a podcast, and it doesn't matter that it's on video. So okay, it's like people right. are listening. So we should be <laughs> grateful, Tom, that his mic works. Okay, yeah. Well, you don't have to be grateful, but at least my mic does kind of work. I mean, I'm, I'm here. You're probably pissed off my mic hey. works half the time, but it's okay. <laughs> so to our Patreon supporters, you know, we said the first bill that we're going to we're going to use that to pay for the artwork. I feel like I need to buy Travis a light bulb. Okay. Just, <laughs> so, you know, we'll work on this. Hey, okay. Anyway, or we'll get a webcam. We're going to, here we go. Here we are. We're actually okay, going to get ready. to. I'm going to mute my mic. Topic. Woo! All right. So Tom, I want to start with you, but it, the, okay. the deal is the question is complexity and we're going to talk about complexity on a play field and complexity of code. But let's start first with the complexity of a play field. There are, when you read a lot of these owner threads, you know, like Godzilla, a lot of the owner threads, people are like, how do I handle like the building, um, the Vux not like registering or there'll be the the actual the right spinner, the Mecha Godzilla mech is turning or there'll be a ball hung up or something like that. Or you look at the turtle thread and people are having trouble with their gliders. Is that I mean, what a you're lot talking people, about code, Joe? No, we're going to start with we're going to start with mechanical. Oh, we're okay. start with mechanical. Okay, but gotcha. there's. People have issues. I mean, it's a mechanical machine, so people have issues with it. But at the same time, there are people arguing that games today don't have enough mechanical magic. They don't have the mechs of the past, you know? And I don't know. When you guys look at new games like Bond, some people were complaining that they felt Bond looked like scarce or the pro. There's like, there's nothing in it. But I don't know. Like, how much do mechanical mechs play into your view of a game or i mean i i i know i personally understand mechanical mechs or that's what's going to draw a novice person into playing the game because they want to hit that or they want to see what that mech does but besides that i don't i mean i don't know i mean it's do you guys have any thoughts there on are you fr like do you feel I that mean, games today don't have the mechanical magic of the past and is that okay i don't know tom your thoughts Mm, I don't know. I mean, it, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Oh, God. That's, That's another sound, sound bite, right sound yeah. bite ever right there. Yeah. Thank you, Tom Graff. So, <laughs> so um, it it's funny because I, I don't think that all the games need big mechanical toys. Okay. Like take Magic Girl for instance. I mean that game's loaded with a bunch of junk, right? Yeah. Right. Oh and yeah, then, we forgot to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it's just a plastic heap. Yeah, that's our report yeah. from Expo. Okay, go ahead, Tom. So, You're right. But you know, you take a game like take a game like Deadpool. I mean, you don't have a lot of mechanisms in Deadpool, but it shoots no. freaking amazing. The rules are great. Um, two ramps, a bunch bunch of drop targets unless i mean you well you you have the premium right i do yeah yep. so you have a lot of drop targets all but, the drop um, targets yeah <laughs> but what i'm saying is you don't necessarily need all the mechs to have a great game no that's and my opinion you, but we can go even one step further right so right now you can buy a tna collector's addiction uh, edition it's an, it's an addiction. It's correct. an addiction. I am addicted to TNA. I'll give you that. So there's also rumors that the next, um, what is it? The next Chicago gaming pin is going to be Pulp Fiction. And there's rumors that that's going to be a single level game. 
Stern has already said Bond 60th anniversary is a single level game. So that mech right there, we just pulled out all the ramps. But like, is that, does that bother either of you? Like, is that a, knowing that these games have technically less mechs, does that, I don't know. Like there's so many people that are like, I'm not going to pay that money because it doesn't have anything in it. But what are you, I don't know. Is that what you need in a pinball machine then? Well, is I mean, if we're talking ramp 60 is, but. Um, oh, well, yeah, that's going to be. I like mean, that's going to be. $80,000. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But take a game like, take a game like TNA. Um, you know, no, I mean, I, you, you don't need, you don't need a ton of max all the time and you can have a street level game. That's great. My argument would be though, you know, price wise, you know, it, it, I, I think, I think if you're going to pour a bunch of mechs in the games, then yes, the, the price can be higher. But if you, you're taking a bunch of stuff out, I mean, it, it should be more like a, a Stern Pro price kind of thing. Well, let's talk about Beatles. Beatles, another street-level game, single-level game. Like, that had a spinner. Yeah. That had a lot of drop targets, but there are a lot of people who are like, I'm not paying. What was the cheapest one? It was like, what, eight grand or something? Like, whatever it was, people are like, I'm not going to pay eight grand. Like, there's no ramps. There's no this. There's no. It's like, sure, but obviously you're paying for the license there. I, right. I understand it's a lot easier to justify a high bill when there's a ton of crap in it you know that you can see there's a custom sculpt there's a custom mech there's these look at these wire forms look at this look at that i i don't know i just don't i think people are just still arguing that about this lack of of mechanical magic today but yet i don't i don't know i i I, i'm really enjoying these games i i don't and i don't necessarily know if adding more mechs would make them more enjoyable every time you add a mech it's going to, you know, people's complaints right now with Godzilla is the building, the animation of it collapsing slows the game down. You know, it's like every time you add mechs, you're adding something that's going to slow the game down. And some people always prefer the pros because they like the speed and the the how fast the game shoots. Um, I don't know. I mean, Travis, I don't know personally or even from a distributor standpoint, do you feel, I mean, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, which part? From a distributor standpoint? I said, or either, or either, or from a distributor standpoint, like, do you feel that mechs are needed to sell games? I mean, I no. know your clientele. No, a thousand percent. No. Okay. The, theme sell. I mean, okay. that's just the reality. So I know that there's a lot of people obviously that are in pinball that enjoy online content, listen to this podcast, but I'm here to tell everybody here, the, the pinball industry, the pinball buyer base is much larger than what people realize. I know that everybody listens to all kinds of different podcasts. You hear all kinds of different opinions. I'm here to tell you because I, I live it every single day from 8 a.m. till sometimes 10 a.m. No, I work longer than that. But so there, but there are every, people that can't find the power button on the game, right, Travis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, the buyer base for pinball is so much larger than what people that are on pin side, that listen to podcasts, that are on Facebook forums, and what they realize it is so much larger and themes are king that's just the reality of it and a lot of people that want to buy pins they're very specific that if they see i mean and we talk about this all the time and i'm sure other people listening to this podcast i sound like a broken record at this point if somebody is brand new to pinball every single theme is the first time that they've seen it 
even if it's been made five, six, seven years ago. And that's what makes Stern so awesome because they have all these games that are still currently in production. So even for instance, Iron Maiden, it came out a few years ago at this point, what, like four or five years ago, mm-hmm. it was four games ago for, for uh, Keith Elwin, soon to be five games ago. So something like that, people that are just now discovering pinball that are Iron Maiden fans, yeah. it's as if they're discovering a brand new game. And a lot of people, they do not care about the mechs that are in it. They don't. And here's the reality of it. When you're dealing with people that are collectors, I'm sorry, but the vast majority of them don't care overall about the games, whether or not they have mechs in them or not. You don't need mechs to have fun. You don't. Man, I mean, you just look, brought up a good point right there. I mean, Iron Maiden Pro, there's, yeah. there's not a ton of mechs in that game. I mean, there's no, no and special you, toy. Exactly. I mean, you got the target in the back, uh, but that's the closest thing to a like a t- actual toy in that game, but that game is amazing. Right. And the vast majority of people prefer the pro over right. the premium and LE. I mean, just boots on the ground. That's just the fact of it. I mean, you look right behind you, Joel TNA, not right. like that game has a ton of mechs on it yet. A lot of people very much enjoy that game. Yeah. So there's just been this notion that's kind of hit pinball in terms of the podcast in terms of pin side that, oh, we got to have this coil count. We got to have this many mechs. We got to have magic under glasses and that, you know, I mean, if we, if our standard is legitimately just for pinball, just to make some great mech that just makes the ball do something without any regard to anything else that goes in with that, with, without having shots be actually kinetic together, without having a rule set that makes sense, without having a sound package that actually sounds great, without having art, that's there. I mean, if you don't take all those things into consideration and you just want a mech that just does something, I mean, that, that just would not be fun to me. And that's not to say that mechs can't be fun, but I'm just telling you like mechs do not sell pinball. Well, I it just, I, it, I promise you it doesn't regardless of what you think or what you've heard. Mechs do not yeah. sell pinball. I will, I will say though, I have seen a direct correlation to a cool mech versus like my friends and family enjoying the game. Like Stranger Things, huge hit. You know, ramp, bash the okay. dude in the face, get him in the mouth. Like I'm example. Did Stranger Things sell great when it first came out? Uh, no, no. But yet it has a mech. True. I'm not. That, but, in, it, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like everybody thinks that just the one mech sells it, and it's not. It's the full package now. It's not to say that the mech isn't fun or that the mech can't be great if it's coded in properly to the game with the sounds, with the the score, with the lights, with everything coming together. And that's what's needed. That's what makes a mech great. You know, if if you take people that really enjoy pinball that that play at a high level in tournaments, like you take those types of people, you put them on a whitewood, they'll have fun. Yeah. yeah, You you know what I mean? That's the difference. Right. Exactly. So. You know, I, I think that that's what a lot of people need to take into, into uh, consideration. But when, I mean, when you're talking about mechs, you just talked about how large the pinball hobby is. You know, the vast majority are not competitive players. So exactly, I, just, I know when I look at and the they games like that themes, were, Joel. They, they like do, themes. and I themes. know the games that were a hit here at my house were like Toy Story. That boat, like the only thing people wanted to do was hit the Duke of Boom ramp. I mean, that's a cool mech. 
uh, Simpsons. When I had Simpsons, once they saw the upper play field, how do I get up there? How do I get on the couch? Shadow, which isn't a good theme, but they saw the upper play field. They saw the battlefield. How do I get up there? How do I experience that? I mean, these are the games. Luckily, like Turtles, what they like about that is when they get into the the, the spinning disc with the pizza multiball or Deadpool, they, they just like the katana ramp. Even though that's not a physically moving ramp mech, it's a fun experience. What up, Trevor? There's a difference, though. Friends and family, are they coming over to your house to play or are they trying to buy a game? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Because if we're talking about trying to buy a game, I'm telling you, like a mech, a mech does help a it, little it bit. It helps, okay. But theme is king. I, and theme I'm not going to argue that. thousand yes. percent king. But and, I, and, a, and a lot of people just need to wrap their head around that when they talk about, you know, quote unquote world under glass. I mean, it's just these pens that, People have a hard time keeping them in stock. There's a reason yeah. why Stern is producing more games than they ever have before. You know, there's and, a reason why prices keep themes. going up. Yeah, yeah because yeah. the themes are great. People keep buying them. I mean, that's just, that's the way that this is going. I mean, people think that the market is softening and I'm telling you right now, it's really not. <laughs> it's, so It's really not. I think I, w- I mean, I'll agree. I don't think like my brother-in-law, he loves Medieval Madness. And I think some people argue the Medieval Madness castle is like one of the best mechs ever in pinball. And I get that. And and don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I think we're all for having good mechs in a game. But I don't think you have to have a good mech to make a good game. It's I not everything. It's it can not be everything. something. It can be something, but yes. it's not everything. And if prices are going up, we want to see more. We want to make sure we feel the value is there. And it's a lot easier to justify value when we see mechanical things. Case in point... People are saying that when they played Bond at Expo, apparently on a premium, it looks like the two bop the two pop bumpers are linked together with one driver. So what that means is if if one pop is detected, it pops both of them. And that's exactly what they do on home pins to avoid needing another node board. So there are people already having that conversation of like, are you serious? Or, or is the is the premium and the LE like is Stern saving money by instead of putting in another node board and making those independent, you know, are they counting coils, you know, and, but apparently that's not the case on the pro, but the pro doesn't have the up post for the bond on the wand. The pro, I mean, doesn't have the, there's another um, diverter that's on the premium. I mean, it's so they could spare the coil count. I, I don't know, but that's, that's the one thing. If, if prices are going to go up, we want to make sure it's easy to justify that. Like, well, I can see it. I can see it, but, um, I don't. I mean, I, I, Tom. I mean, the the thing is too, Joel, is that there's a lot of people in pinball that haven't necessarily experienced the DMDs either. True. The the vast majority of pinball, what they understand is LCDs. So knowing that, that's why I want to preface this because Tom, more than anybody, he has more experience in the pinball hobby than probably ninety five percent of people that are currently in the hobby. Yeah. And so he he knows the solid states, he knows the EMs, he knows the DMDs all the way up to the LCDs. So Tom, for you, knowing that information, I mean, what's the major differences that you really see between like an LCD that's coming out currently from from Stern or from Jersey Jack or even Spooky since they got, you know, their LCD screen on there? What's really the difference between that and the DMDs that used to be? Like, what's do you see value in that in terms of how it brings out a theme and information and everything? Oh, the LCD, absolutely. I mean, it's a uh, you you got so much more information on LCD to DMD. It's crazy, and uh, 
you know, that that brings into coding and, and the game rules and everything. I mean, it's just a a big change from, you know, hit these three shots and, and you're done to, you know, exploring a game now. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. Uh, there's 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 definitely a, a a bigger complexity to the rules, you know, these last five, ten years than there was before. And Tom, that's a incredible transition that I am going to ignore because I'm not done talking about mechs. <laughs> but all I wanted to say is a lot of people that complain about mechs, it always comes back to John Papaduke. Like John Papaduke's games have crazy ramps in them. They have a bunch of, lots of magnets, a lot of unique mechs. A lot of people are like, why can't we get Tales of the Arabian Nights level mechs? Why can we not get Magic Girl? Why can we not get, you know, Circus Voltaire? Like, unique, I don't know. And it's just... Uh, I, I get it. I, I agree when I shoot a John J pop game, like the ramps feel awesome. I, I, I can't argue that, but at the same time, I don't know those, the mechs in my mind, like medieval madness, I don't want to own medieval madness. Cause once I've experienced that castle go down a few times, I I'm good. Um, and the code isn't enough for me to want to keep playing it. But yet I say that somewhat hypocritically, like I'm buying Godzilla premium because of the mechs um i know the code's amazing i know it shoots amazing but as somebody who's had the pro in his house i know i'm i'm missing the building going down i know i'm missing the turntable mecha godzilla i know i'm missing bridge multi-ball like the bridge mech like and you guys both have an le and a premium so right so if you knew that the code was just complete trash like let's just pretend that there's some reality out there where keith somehow just screwed up godzilla Right. right. Sorry, Keith. But I'm saying that like in the multiverse, like somewhere out there, the code's just not up to snuff. Would you still get it just because you see a building going up and down? No. Good point. No. Exactly. Even exactly. though it's, it's the whole package. Yeah. The whole package. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's say I use Tom's amazing transition. You said some blah 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 complex code. Okay, great, great transition, Tom. Uh, so You're you know welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanna go I wanna go to bed. Yeah. What? I think Tom Kraft, we're still going. <laughs> this is where he's this is where he's gonna really perk up here. So complex code. There was a YouTube video, and I'm sorry I don't I don't remember who exactly made it, but this has been a discussion. There's plenty I'll look of it inside. It should you. be somewhere. Thank you. I'll There's look plenty it up. of I'll be the prepared one. post as well on basically people are saying, is code too complex today? Is code too complex today? And basically what they're complaining about is on these older games. Go ahead, Travis. Okay, I want to give proper credit. proper um, credit. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Joel, for finishing my thought because I wasn't going to get to that word. It is uh, <laughs> Pinball Help on YouTube. I think that's Perfect. the video yes. you're alluding to. Yes. Now. It's our pinball rules becoming too complicated pinball philosophy. Yes, and I understand okay. previously you could walk up into a game and basically the inserts would kind of tell you what to do or the rule card the lower left rule card and there are some people are like if you can't explain a whole game on a rule card in the lower left then it's too complex i mean that's people's views um and that's fine i i if people like that if they like the simplicity of just being able to walk up or discover a game i know some people are like that like i don't want to watch a tutorial i want to figure out the game on my own okay but yes i there's no doubt in my mind the games in the last few years the complexity of them is so much more than a rule card and so much more than the inserts. Like there's nobody, nobody can argue that, but 
I will say in cameras out. Thank you, Travis. There it goes. There it goes again. Um, Give me 20 more dollars, Joel. God, it comes back yeah. on. So this is this is where I want to start this conversation. Tom, in our yes. and I know our, our TPN Discord is supposed to be a private thing, and which it is, but there was an interesting it discussion is? about, no, about Rush. There was an interesting discussion what? about Rush. There are people that I mean, you two. I like how you say this is private, and then you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm just not gonna, gonna say put it who. All. Yeah, yeah. I'm not okay, gonna say who. <laughs> I'm just saying there was a TPN people. I had nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't fire Travis and I. Yeah, yeah not, kick Joel yeah. off TPN. We'll take <laughs> so let's say the podcast. hypothetically it's fine. was talking about that. But the conversation <laughs> was it came down to Rush, and there are some people you two freaking love the game. You guys think the game shoots amazing, you think the code's amazing, you love the game. And then there's other people that they're like, I, I don't like it at all because I have no idea what I'm doing. And that brings up code. It's like you guys see what Ray Day and Timmy have done and the depth of that code and the ways you can tackle it. I mean, your brains fully understand it and comprehend it and love every second of it. But there's other people that have walked up to the game many times, whether a competitive player or a novice, and they're just like, I literally have no idea what I'm doing yeah. and are completely turned off by the game. So, Tom. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like when you first stepped up to rush, were you overwhelmed or you just, I mean, no, because you... it was rush. <laughs> <laughs> he was overwhelmed because yeah. it was rush. Yeah. 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 When he picked himself off yeah. the ground and uh, wiped his tears he, off his face, he he's hit ready the start to go. button and he wasn't using his hands. Let me just say. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> All right, yeah. Apparently that one landed well. There we go. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, don't, don't lean well into done. the joke well too done, much. Don't Joe. ruin it, Joel. It was a no. good joke. Okay. But complexity, I mean, Rush, I think, is a perfect example. And some people yeah. are arguing Godzilla as well. I mean, yes. what what are we thinking with Rush on, like, how do you explain Rush to a to a novice? Or or how do we expect somebody to understand Rush if you have no if you don't have somebody standing there telling you what to do? I mean you're asking me to explain it to everybody? No, I just, do you think, like, do you think that's too complex <laughs> I, I, or even? I think some of the games for the average person are maybe a little too difficult. Okay. Uh, Rules-wise, you know. Okay. Um, But I like it. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I, that's a great, I agree. I think, um, when I look at, uh, Deadpool, when I look at Deadpool, talk to me like, like I'm five, Joel. <laughs> one thing that I really like about Deadpool <laughs> is the scoop is lit from the start. So, and it's in the middle. So anybody that just walks up to the game, it's lit. It's glowing red. The, the chance of somebody getting a ball in that scoop are pretty high. And then what does it do? It stops you and it makes you pick a battle. And then once you pick your battle, the only lights on the play field that are flashing are shots that work towards that battle. Right. Not to mention it's telling you this. It says it on the screen and it's verbally telling you this. I think that is extremely user-friendly to communicate what is going on without reading anything. Like it, it really holds your hand. And then Deadpool also happens to have extreme depth and other ways to, you know, there's a lot of other things that you're not going to know unless you know them, you know, mm-hmm. about collecting weapons, all this stuff. Like, but for a novice, there's, there's, there's plenty there for a novice to just kind of fall into. And that's something that, um, 
like Godzilla, some people are like, a novice may never hit the left ramp. So if they never hit the left ramp, then are they ever going to get into a battle? No. But yet there's stuff on Godzilla for a novice to enjoy. Like just bash Mecha Godzilla and you'll be in a multi-ball. Just bash the building and you'll be in a multi-ball. I don't but know, Travis. All, but all they have to do is actually just read the play field or read what's out there. Or it says shoot the wamps. Right? Yeah, like Stern games are very good at letting you know what you need to do. Now, okay. obviously, when we're talking about like an extreme competitive, you're just going to play 4D chess things, stack everything up. Yeah, the game's not going to hold your hand to that, but no game has ever done that. I mean, okay. there's certain things you can do on volley, which is an EM, which is like a very specific plunge in a very specific way that you need to hit the, the targets at a certain angle, because if you hit two targets, it only counts as one. So it's been like that all the time. But when you're looking at a stern pinball machine or any pinball machine, really, the mark of a great machine is the play field letting you know what you need to do, the inserts letting you know what you need to do. Look at the LCD screen. It'll let you know what you need to do. Yeah. You know, even even Godzilla, if you look on the upper part of the ramps, it has lights above the ramps right. with with literally spelled out for you that you can hit this ramp to light a bat light a battle. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all out there. So I've always been confused in terms of people just not understanding that. And I understand if somebody's brand new to pinball and they don't play that they can't figure that out. What I can't figure out is how people that play pinball that go on location specifically to play pinball or play at people's homes or play in tournaments, why they can't wrap their minds around that. Literally, if you just look at the play field, it, it will tell you what to do. If you read the rule card, it'll give you enough information that you will be able to do the, the basics of it. And sure. the same thing for rush, like literally on the rule card, it tells you that you need to hit the time machine. You look at the play field there's a giant insert right in front of it that says time machine. I mean, the thing has years on it. I don't, I don't know what else anybody could do. I don't know what Tim or Ray or John Borg or anybody at Stern could do to make that any more clear. So you know, it, it, it's all there and including Godzilla. I don't know what else they all could do to make it any more. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know what else they could do to make it any more clear. I, I would really don't. say, so one thing, Props to JJP. JJP on their last few games, they have that second display and that secondary display is almost dedicated entirely into communicating what you need to do. And I know that's something my dad, when he was over here playing GNR, he pointed, he, as soon as I pointed that out, I'm like, if you need to know, like, look right there. And he's like, that's awesome. Like, that is awesome. And now, I mean, I would love for Stern, throw me a little mini display in the apron that does the same thing. Like, that would be huge. I think that would be awesome. But that's wishful thinking, but I just props to JJP for doing you that. You just increased the bomb by like 300 <laughs> bucks. 300 bucks well spent. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I think people like Ray Day have a tough job because they, they want to put complexity in a game. They don't want people to just fall into modes mistakenly, but at the same time, how do you communicate and keep things complex for advanced players? So you had said it's on the play field. Here's your hint for rush. There are three bulbs on top of the time machine. One's red, one's green, and one's yellow. Those bulbs actually communicate a lot. Like a lot. And people don't realize that. And that's something that once my head wrapped around that, people are like, well, I never know when to hit the time machine. 
if it's red, it means your mode's ready. If it's green, it means your multi-ball's ready. And if it's yellow, it means you can complete a combo. That's it. Like those are three little bulbs that Red communi- that Ray and Timmy communicate That's really well with. That's not exactly true. Okay, please correct me. Well, no, the the the, the multi-ball is lit green, but yes. it, I think it flashes when it's like actually ready so, for the multi-ball. It's well, a little not, more clear. Not, on only, it's, not only that, you could trap up and look at that LCD screen yes. and just read. But it's you know all, it's all yeah. right there. But it you is. know a novice I you guys I know that. You know okay. a novice can't trap up though. Even if a novice okay, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a novice and you're not sure where you're at, just keep chimp flipping and eventually you'll get there. <laughs> if you feel like you can't trap up, just keep hitting yeah. something. You'll get there. But hey, if you get trapped up and you're not sure where you're at, yeah. just just get trapped up and read the LCD screen. A lot of these pens, a lot of these modern pens, and I'm hitting my mic, yeah. a lot of these modern pens let you know where you're at in the game. It, it's there to give you the information. For what and, to do, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people just, they psych themselves out on these codes to where they think it's too complicated. And yes, they are in-depth if you let it get in-depth. But if you just treat it like just surface level, you'll be fine. Just know how to start your modes. Right. Play your yep. mode. Have fun. Know how to start your multi-ball. Play your multi-ball. Have fun. Yep. I, I mean, would, that's that's all you have to do. I mean, if when in doubt, at least like stern wise, out. hit ramp out. Yeah. Hit both ramps <laughs> and then hit a scoop. Like, I mean, that's Mando. That's Turtles. That's Godzilla. Um, what else? It's like qualify. It equates to qualifies a mode. I, I mean, Rush, I will say people get a little confused with the records because the records are a whole bunch of different colors and they don't know what's going on there. It says in the upper left of the LCD, I think it's what, collect two records? I mean, that's all. So just all you have to do is hit two shots. Doesn't matter the color. Just two. Just two shots. And then boom, your your mode's ready right there at the time machine. You'll see a red flashing bulb. It's a little more, it's not as obvious on a pro because the ramp doesn't go up and down. But like on a premium or LE, you know something's qualified because the ramp's up for you to actually hit the shot. So um, I don't know. I just, uh, it's a weird thing. I think it's that people or complain about complexity this way. And I don't envy the coders because they're doing their best to, to satisfy right. everybody. Right. Why, why would they care though? Like if, if you're a modern day coder, why would you care if somebody's saying, well, this is too confusing? Cause the reality is, is pinball is no longer in the platformer part of its, of its existence, right? This is like, we're talking about super Mario brothers from the Nintendo days, right? Like right now, pinball is in its full sandbox to where you can you can discover the game. And if people are going to spend seven to fifteen thousand dollars to get these games into their homes, why would they want the most shallow rule set possible? I mean, look what happened with Toy Story. That's that's exactly what hurt it. That, you know, people are getting through the game. There wasn't too much to do. And that's what hurt it. And so these games, they have to have some depth to it. And I know that pe- that people have convinced themselves that this is like rocket science, but it's honestly, it's really not. I, it's not like I'm dumb as a box of rocks and I can figure it out. I agree. But I also I know like I love I love turtles, but like Dwight's really good with. Well, he he likes his hurry ups. So it's like if you're trying to tell somebody if they're trying to focus on like, all, right, all I'm going to do is hit the all I'm going to do is hit the turtle van three times just because I want to experience a multi ball. Well, now all of a sudden that ball rolls down the one, two, three in lane. And now the, the game's freaking out and the music's changed and the lights are going. It's like, 
what's going on? Well, this is one, two, three. You know, it's like these, some of these side modes can be distracting or they don't know, okay, like well, they don't know what to do with them or how let's to react lean, to them. Let's lean, let's lean into that. What does the game tell you to do? Well, it tells when you you're in the right spot. ramp. I mean, it tells you what to do. It literally yeah. tells you what to do. Yeah. It flashes and lets you know. And that's what a lot of these games do. Now, it's understandable if there's like a full-on light show going and you're in the middle of playing, you don't know what to shoot. But it's not like it does that the whole entire time. It just does that through that particular instance of that light show. Well, what about something that you guys hinted at earlier, which is like, why are these young bucks killing it in tournaments? And it's because they know the games. They know the in and outs. And I think that's something people are complaining about, that they're like, I'm doing what I'm told, but yet my score Shaking is one-tenth. No. I'm like, telling my score you is one-tenth no. what everybody else has, so I'm okay. missing something. Right? I will tell everybody out there right now, if you're looking at getting into competitive pinball, you're not losing to Escher Lefkoff simply because he knows the game better than you. I promise you that. I, I promise you that. Right. Now, of course, all top-level players know the game. You know the reason why we have to know the game, Joel? It's because a lot of our skill sets are pretty much equal to each other. Right. So you have to be able to get far in the game. You have to know how to stack certain things up. That's what it boils down to. So it's been one of those things that I've talked to a lot of tournament players over the years, and... I've heard this excuse a lot that I would do so much better if I only knew the rules to the game. And it's like, uh, okay, that's, that's literally what competitive pinball is, is knowing how to play the game. I mean, everybody can have flipper skills. That's fine and dandy and all, but Not if everybody. you don't know how to play the game, you don't know <laughs> yeah. where the skill shot is, you don't know how to start the mode, well, then what are you going to do? Your, your efficiency level just goes way down. And that doesn't make any sense. Like it, it blows my mind how often I hear people say that, like, I just don't know the game or I just don't want to learn it or it's just not fun learning it. It's like, okay, you know, if you just enjoy flipping a game, I guess go play a solid state well, or an EM. Like, well, I, have I don't to know give, what else uh, to tell them. I, I, we love, and, uh, but I, I remember at Cleepin, I said something cause I had played turtles and I was like, Hey, you played turtles yet? He goes, no. And I won't. And I was like, why, why not? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I don't know it and I don't like it. And it's just nope. like, that was his just stance on it. And yep. it's like, oh, okay. Um, and there's players out there and you know what? He doesn't make any excuses yeah, for, he's, he's fine, for losing yeah. on a game. Yeah, he's fine with that. It's the people out there that make excuses for losing. It's like, I promise you, if I, I would bet the farm, I would bet my whole entire collection and Tom's collection that I could get Eric Stone, right? to play something to which he's never played it before and he'll figure out how to beat you. Yeah. I, I mean, that yeah. that's like the God's honest truth. I mean, I get it. It's, it was intimidating when I was at Cleepin that some of these games, I'm like, I don't even know. I, I have no idea where to start. And I just asking that of like what, you know, and they're like, well, just focus on doing this, you know, give me a simple task kind of thing. But I, I, that's one thing to like try to qualify or try to put any score up. But I understand what you're saying with these high level competitive players that do know the game in and out, it's going to be hard to compete with them. If you don't, if you don't also know the game in and out, but for homeowners, well, you, you mean, can know the game a thousand percent. You're not going to beat Escher Levkoff and Jared August and Dalton. You're not going to beat them exactly. on game. But that's yeah. you're, you know, Neil, Neil Graf. You're, you're just, exactly. you're just not, you're just not going to, that's just, I mean, yeah. I, I just got to have a come to Jesus meet, you know, with some of the players out there that haven't played at some of these high level tournaments like that. It's just, it's not going to happen. But, for you know, the, and that, that's because they're so good at what they do. But I highly I, doubt. I the, have the secret. Oh, let's hear it. 
Do you ever watch wrestling, Joel? No, my brother loves wrestling, but I okay. was—I've not been into you wrestling. You gotta throw salt in their eyes before they go up to the game. Uh, okay, it's the only I know way. pocket sand or, from King of the Hill green, or green mist. Just okay. It's, it's I, I the only—it's the only way it, you're gonna win. And Tom's right. So Joel, Joel, think of this: you've watched Carl play enough, right? Oh, On yeah. his streams and everything. So, do you think if you take, you know, Joe Schmo that's ranked a thousand somewhere? And he's going against Carl heads up and Joe Schmo knows this stern game inside and out. He knows everything. Who are you putting your money on to win? And it's Carl's first time to ever play it. The guy that, well, never mind. I would put my money on Carl yeah, because Carl's, what a lot of people don't realize is, he'll is guess it what? Out in three seconds. Yeah, too. you're watching somebody yeah. play it. Yeah. <laughs> you see what's going on. I mean, that's the thing. It, these games, they may seem complicated, but the reality is, is a lot of stuff just carries over. I mean, yeah. if, if you've played enough, it's intuitive. You figure out how the modes start. You figure out how the multi-balls start. No. You play patient. You find your shots. You know the flow of the game. I mean, that's a lot of that goes into it. And people don't realize that from high-level players. They look at the geometry. They look at the bounce. They look at how fast the game is playing. They look at the pitch of the game. They figure out the tilt. There's all these other aspects. So the whole notion of like pay to play and pay to win and all this and that, like, no. I'm I'm sorry. I w- I would bet my whole entire collection and Tom's collection that wait most a, wait the, a second <laughs> yeah, that most of the top twenty five would smoke a lot of people well, out there without them knowing how to play a modern game. But they let's would figure it out. I don't think the guy that recorded the pinball help video was only talking about competitive pinball. I mean, he's no, just it's just not novice. him. I I've yeah. heard that from a lot of different people. I, I've yeah. been told personally, if I only knew the game's better, I would be able to beat you. I'm like. Uh, okay, so if you actually studied a rule set or you figured it yeah, out, you would have a better cards. chance. It's yeah. like, yeah, that yeah, that makes so much sense. And competitive pinball, if you knew it, the rules, you would do better. It has nothing to do with you hitting all the shots. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, I can Zero. debunk that myth. By the way, yeah, hitting shots is <laughs> hitting shots is important. Well, I like that's why when I streamed Rush and Rayday was on my stream telling me what to do, it was awesome. I mean, some of the best games I've ever Joel, had. Joel, hit had a this. Game. Hit this. And the problem is no, I you gotta hit it. I could hit, hit it, Joel. Yeah. But I had I, I streamed Avengers for a while and I had Travis actually on stream with me once. And I know Nick Pinsomniac did it with me once. And like those were some of my best games because all I had to do is focus on hitting shots. And somebody that really knew the rules was able to and see it was like, hey, you actually want to hit this shot now because that's gonna prepare this, and boom, now your super jackpot's lit. It's like I get it. There's an importance there, but I, I think the guy that made that video and the argument here is is there a chance that, and some people are like, I don't want to buy any of these modern games because they're too complex. They're too, I can't, I don't know. And it's, I do know that like Reyes said that they purposely put in a home mode or an easy mode. Like they have versions of the code where they try to make things simpler or easier for you if that's a complaint of yours. But I think the three of us are all in agreement. Like don't make games easier. Don't strip things out. No. Like we want, keep them deep, keep them complex, you know, keep us coming back for more. And, um, I, I don't know if what you to want say. Simple. Yeah. Go play Yahtzee, roll some dice. That's, that's an easy game to figure <laughs> go out. Go play Yahtzee. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. I mean, cause it's, cause pinball in all reality, I think honestly, Joel, people just psych themselves out. Yeah. They, they have themselves convinced yeah. that the rule sets are just so ultra hard that they can't figure it out. Honestly, here, everybody, all the listeners, I'll give everybody homework. Here we go. Thought experiment. All right, we, we can say Godzilla or Rush or whatever game you want to pick. 
like literally just go on tilt forums or find the stern pdf if you look up a game stern puts out a lot of different pdfs just read on how to start the modes and then all you got to do is just spend two to five minutes and that's it and then go play the game or there's a lot of good streams there's a lot of good streams or youtube videos with basic i mean props to ray day he has some crazy tutorial videos on the games that he made like coded explaining all the ins and outs and i mean if you don't have the attention span to like focus while he's telling you how to do it then i i can't i can't help you but I, I mean, I get for anybody that's active in pinball or if you're a fan or you bought the game, then yeah, it's probably worth your time to spend 20 minutes really learning it. But if you're a novice, I, I get it. I get the complaint of if I just had my wife walk up to a pinball machine and just assume she'd magically know what to do, that's hard. All we can encourage them to do though is read the inserts, read the LCD and read the card. I mean, that's... But it, it's just like chess though. Like you understand the bare basics of chess, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go beat a grandmaster? Fuck no. No. Like, oh, sorry. Be- yeah. <laughs> because they <laughs> because they know all the, the strategy, the tactics, all the ins and outs. And it's the same way for pinball. Yep. I mean, there's nothing. You don't have to know every single detail. I mean, the thing is with elite players, not everybody knows what everything does. We share information. If you don't know, just ask. Like well, people will you, tell you and you don't yeah. have to know what everything does exactly. You don't have to know what everything scores exactly. All you got to figure out is your pathway to what you want to do. I right. mean, you already That's, said that with the Mando exploit, like you knew it and Jared knew it and then it spreads. So yeah, you yeah. could ignore the whole entire game and just do that for now until they, until they change it around. But yeah, that's the reality of it. There's a lot of these games that you could pick a path and just take it. I mean, take, um, like Elder Ring or whatever that game's called. Elden, that's, that's Elden a, Ring. El, Elden Ring, yes, Elden Ring. So you could have like what, 10, 12 different builds or whatever. Yeah. Like, do you have to know every single build to enjoy the game? The no, hell are but you the game. About? It's a video game, but the game oh, has a, a tutorial. Game. That's the thing about video games is they all, all these have games tutorials. have they have PDFs or tutorials. We have the internet. Imagine somebody trying to figure out Taxi back in the eighties or early nineties before the internet. Yeah, you got like Marilyn yelling at you. Hello, taxi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there was games like yeah. starting in the late 70s or early 80s, they they went above and beyond the index card showing the rules. Oh, okay. I don't know. Any other, I mean, I don't know. Tom, do you have anything else? Complexity of rules? Do you sympathize with the guy? Do you have any ideas on how, or do we fix it? Do we change anything? Or what do we do? No, I don't think you change anything. I mean... I mean, the the rules are a little more complicated than they used to be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like Travis is saying, you just got to be intuitive and learn things. Yeah. Well, I do think it is funny that, to wrap it up, like people complained about Avengers and the gyms. And they're like, what are they? Why do I care? And where am I supposed to put them? So many people were so caught up with that. And even when I interviewed Keith Elwin, he was surprised. He's like, so many people were caught up about where to put the gyms. And the truth is it doesn't matter. Like just, if you just want to play the game, just put it. It doesn't matter. But people struggle with that. People struggle with the idea of I'm making a choice, but I actually have no idea why I'm making that. And there are other people that complained about like JJP pirates because at the very beginning, they have to make a choice on what character they're going to play, but they don't really understand why you pick one character over the other. And are almost like, am I, am I dooming myself from the very beginning? 
Um, I mean, turtles, you have to make a choice on your character. Well, what should I, who do I, you know, like, what do I do? It's, it's like, just, just calm down, you know, like it'll, it'll be okay. And I don't know. It's, it's, if, uh, just, if you just care enough, fun. Yeah, yeah. If you care enough, you'll figure it out. If you just want to have fun, just pick something and just flip. Yeah. Don't just overthink go. it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Uh-huh. And if you're interested in it further, guess what? You can spend two minutes and you could, you could learn about it yeah. pretty quick. I mean, it's like anything else. You get a board game. What do you got to do? Are you just going to start playing or are you going to read the instruction manual? Yeah. Well, if I mean, only we it's had not that a, difficult. If only we had like a segment in a podcast where we like explained <laughs> a game kind of in three different manners, you know, with complexity. But I don't know. Somebody should do that sometime. But um, that's it. I know I was driving the bus. I know I had a list of items here and I did not go in that order whatsoever. But hey, we hit them all. We hit them all. <laughs> we hit them all. We killed it. <laughs> Uh, was there anything else, guys? Was there anything else you wanted to discuss? Yeah, I want to discuss Tom Talks. What, oh, okay, here we go then. Uh, let's hit that. Tom Talks. He's got something to say. Tom Talks. He's got nothing to say. Tom Talks. Tom Talks. I got, I got nothing. Go ahead, Travis. Tom, I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell you how great you are. And how excellent you did at the at the uh, the expo and super series and all that and how we all with the appreciate you putting yes we appreciate you putting pinball out everybody oh, so yeah. I want to give my applause to you let Thank me want to acknowledge that so Thank I will you. give you a question then Tom which okay. is what is something about pinball streaming that the viewer probably doesn't know about like a challenge. Or something like, what do you think some of the viewers don't realize is actually happening while you're streaming a tournament? Like behind the scenes or I, I guess sure, I like, don't understand. Yeah, Travis gives you a good example there in chat. Like what what are what do you think people don't realize or recognize or know? Oh my God. About, yeah, about the, the actual setup is in takedown. It, it's, uh, you know, just the planning beforehand and then getting there, setting everything up. I mean, Neil helps me a little bit, but I'm pretty much a one man show. So, um, yeah, it, it, it takes a lot to get everything set up, but, uh, kind of a funny story. There was, there was a guy at Expo. I was talking to Jeff Teola, so he'll remember this if he's listening. And, um, he he wanted to announce and he, he he's not really a pinball guy, but he was at the show and he said he does announcing for like street fighter or something like that. And, uh, he wanted, first of all, he said he wanted to get in touch with the, the Fox city's pinball team. And I, I just kind of looked at Teolis <laughs> and he, he looked at me and he's like, well, he's the team. Yeah. Like he's, he's the one man show. Well, anyways, the guy's like, I really, I really want to announce it. And, uh, I was kind of, you know, how, how can I help out? And, uh, Jeff goes, well, you know, Tom needs some people to help him break down afterwards. Uh, you're going to be around <laughs> all of a sudden the guy's just attitude just went 180 and he's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of busy right now. And, uh, I, I, and then he like took off and we were just sitting there laughing, but. Yeah, it 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 takes a lot of takes a lot of work to get things going. 
Yeah, it's it's clearly a labor of love. Like I've, yeah. I, you have an incredible setup. You have an impressive setup. I know just a random like George Fisher did the whole um, uh, flipping the script uh, stream, oh, yeah. to, and it's just like seeing his setup. That's the one thing that Which was awesome. Anybody that's streaming, the amount of effort that's put into actually like technically doing it. And then the, the 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 mental capacity that you have to stay focused. You're trying to compete. You're trying to be a TD, and you're trying to make sure this stream is just working and being entertaining. And you have to fight internet. You have to fight uh, the wireless signals of these <laughs> transmitters. I mean, there's batteries. Bad, That's one thing we know Travis has cards. no concept of is trying to stay on top of batteries staying charged and working. <laughs> hey, his camera works enough to flip me off. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, no props to you, Tom. Oh, great! Uh, Here comes the hate mail. Thanks, you guys. I I really really appreciate that. Well, I'll say this for Tom too: that literally, he's too humble. Like the amount of work I've seen it in person, the amount of work that he puts in, it's extraordinary. And whenever anybody watches pinball and Twitch, if you're watching a tournament stream, whether it's Tom. Or anybody else just know that the person behind that stream has put in a lot of high level effort to get it to that point to be able to put it out there for the players to be able to see themselves and for you to be able to enjoy it out there on the interweb so tom thank you and thank you to everybody else you're welcome well, there there we go probably the best tom talks we've ever had tom talk he had something to say tom talk he had nothing to say tom talk I got, I got nothing. Perfect. So this is probably a great transition into, uh, we'll wrap it up with some plugs. Uh, Tom, go for it, man. Pack City's Pinball and Twitch and YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, not TikTok, though. They suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely check them out. Um, and you've been posting some videos, too, on YouTube of some of the past tournaments and everything. I mean, it's there's there's a lot of high quality competitive content there. So Tom, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. Travis, so you got anything? You got anything? I do. Oh, here we Ron go. Ron and Bruce. Ron and Bruce for Twippy hosts 2023. Yes. Oh yeah. This is camera. I don't care. It's I'm so still pushing good. for it. Slam Everybody out there. Guys. Yes. There you go. That's yes. what, we, that's who we're pushing oh, for hosts my. this year. They need yeah. to host the Twippies. Yes. Ron and Bruce. Twippies 2023 at TPF. Okay. Yeah. Uh, great. Is that it? Is that all? What about you? Well, yeah, Joel? I can't, I can't follow that up with anything else, Joel. Well, That's Travis, Joel, tell us about your 10 well, things. Oh, here we go. Yeah. No. Um, yes. I, I stream every Wednesday night on TPN, the pinball network. Feel free to check that out. We've had some fun after hour streams. Those are all on YouTube. And then I stream for flipping out every other Thursday uh, which is a great time. And then uh, obviously Triple Drain Podcast. Check out our merch, Silverball Swag. Uh, truly, it's it's very cool. The visual picture for you is uh, imagine some really cool custom artwork. It's a three-headed Hydra design. It's pretty sick. Um, but yeah, the feedback on those have been really, really good uh, with people that have owned them and whatnot. Uh, Travis got the hoodie. He said it's a warm hoodie. So if you're looking for like a warm hoodie, that's the way to go. And then um, Patreon, Patreon. Thank you for the people that apparently enjoy this podcast and are happy to throw us a few bucks to, uh, to do it. So, yes, yes, thank you to those. So feel free to check us out on Patreon. Um, and yeah, we'll keep doing what we're doing. But I think that's it. I think that's it for plugs. Um, Travis, uh, you're you've had you're good. You good? 
you're good. No, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's gotten the merch. I I am very humbled by that, yes. as I'm sure Tom is. I don't know about Joel, but no, yeah. I know Tom is. <laughs> Anybody that's supporting us, either Patreon with just money or actually buying merch and then wearing it, like, outdoors is is incredible no, definitely like in, anybody it's that awesome. gets the merch tumbling anybody that comes up to us at shows introduces themselves and talks pinball very humbling just want to say we very yeah. much appreciate it we do not take that for granted no, yes. and we do appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to listen to this uh this podcast yeah, same with facebook messages or even posts on our facebook or emails triple drain at gmail.com i mean all feedback is appreciated so Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and for the support. Um, But yeah, Tom, like always, you have the last words. We love you.